What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 59. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Two things, Greg. One, oh, you- I love it when he's got two <laughs> things off the bat. He's got something to say this week. Two things. One, have you come around uh, of the fact that Ratcheting, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank would for sure beat Kratos in a fist fight? First off, fuck you. No, I haven't. Because, of course, there was people putting up on our own subreddit. A guy got killed by his own chicken this week. <laughs> like, it doesn't <laughs> even need to be Kratos. Like, it doesn't need to be. He didn't have, he didn't have a gun, though. Ratchet has he, guns. But again, like, I, I, there was another great... I want to say, yeah, shout out to, of course, the PS I Love You audience, the kind of funny best friends, all that. Because, like, you guys were cracking me up all week long with uh, extrapolating on this. The, the comments on YouTube were so good. The tweets were so good. There was one that I think was a tweet but it might have just been a reddit post that it would be like after ratchet uses his 19th gun on kratos and he comes back even stronger just ratchet under his breath fuck (laughs) fuck how do i stop this guy because you couldn't stop him it's impossible no that's a good point that's a good point my my, my thing is i think you only need if i'm ratchet i only need three guns all right you know because a lot of people were hitting me up they're like blessing the the morph array which is the gun that will in theory turn you into a rooster the yeah. morph array takes a few seconds to turn kratos into the thing and yeah. so by that time kratos has already thrown his leviathan axe and i'm like dude you don't start off with the morph array you don't have to start off with the morph array you start off with the groovatron bust that thing out make kratos do a, a funky jig real quick bust out the morph array while he's doing a jig turn him into a chicken and then switch to the rhino blow him up and if that doesn't work bust out the pixelator pixelize them if that doesn't work bust out whatever grenade what? you will at, ratchet is going to keep pulling out guns until something works what but somebody did point out think uh kratos would be doing uh along to the group oh he's doing about. the carlton dance he's doing the carlton dance <laughs> okay. for sure okay. here's the thing about it right is like as somebody else pointed this out on one of the threads like eventually ratchet runs out of ammo like that's the thing that is a threat you know what i mean he's up against a boss this tough he's gonna run out of ammo bless and then it's just wrench time and he's not gonna do it I mean, how much ammo do you need to take out Kratos, though? With a pixelator gun? Kratos is turning into pixels within, like, I'm going to give him 10 seconds for him to last that thing. I don't think he's getting past that. I, like, also, I appreciate you remember- Kratos. I think Kratos is very strong, but you saw Balder did a number on Kratos in God of War. Didn't take him out all the way, but, like, exactly. got close a few times. Yeah, but, I mean, like, Balder's a different caliber of character than Ratchet, all right? I don't know what you're talking Not about. to mention they're both going to realize they're being played against each other and have to work together because that's how it always ends up happening. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in the post show we eventually did, and maybe it was on the real show, but, but we hit up Insomniac uh, on Twitter to get official, uh, get not official confirmation. Of course, they're going to say Ratchet's going to win. We didn't want that. We didn't want to mm-hmm. hit up Sony Santa Monica and get an answer from them. But we did ask if you remember for clarification on what the chicken gun would do. If it would turn him into a chicken and would it reflect him? Would he understand that he was Kratos? Is he just a chicken? And Insomniac did respond, let's put it this way. If you got blasted by one and turned into a chicken portillo would still remember you he might eat you but he'd recognize you i think they switched that i think if portillo okay. got blasted by it, he portillo would still remember me he was no no he, no i see the same they're saying that i'd be giving off greg sent i'd be yeah you would have greg vibes to you as a chicken yeah so then yeah kratos would okay. still have his cool thing and he'd be a bigger he'd be a bigger chicken like he'd be in trouble 
So that that's my number one thing. That's my number, number one. Two so thing, you agree you were wrong and that Kratos would win. No, absolutely thing. not. I still think I still think Ratchet takes him out. And there are tons mm-hmm. of us. I know we lost that poll. You lost the poll badly. We lost the poll pretty bad. You but lost we several exist. polls, blessing. You uh, lost several we ra- polls. We Ratchet truthers exist. Ratchet will beat Kratos <laughs> every single time. We're here. We're I loud. You, and you will hear us. You got dominated in the Lucy poll too, right? They thought Lucy would. Yeah. Clean your See, and you can't have it both ways though. Because what was the argument for the Lucy thing? You couldn't that kill I, a regular chicken. Why could you kill a person turned into a chicken? Because no, the Lucy thing was that uh, is can Unless Lucy take me a as a chicken? Because yeah, yeah, I was the chicken know. in that fight. You cannot have it both ways where you're like, oh, yeah, a rooster killed a man. But then you, you can't take that same argument and go, oh, but Blessing you. wouldn't I'm beat just, Lucy's I'm ass just reporting as a chicken. Here's the thing. A rooster killing a man, that's just rooster. If it's Blessing turned into a chicken, you're bringing in Blessing qualities into that chicken. Is exactly. Blessing as powerful as a regular chicken? I don't think so. That's why I think you're down in 10 seconds. Oh, I'm strong. I'm definitely stronger than the average chicken as a chicken. If Lucy sees me as a chicken, you're stronger as the average chicken chicken than a chicken. Then the the average chicken. I think Uh if I got turned into a chicken, I think I'm stronger than the average chicken. But again, do we have prep time? And that's the thing. I see. You're saying that I reflect blessing quality still as a chicken. I think Lucy sees me. You know, when we step into the ring, sure. She takes a she takes a glance. She's like, wait blessing i can't do a british accent so i'm just gonna do my regular regular Fair enough. yeah yeah blessing and then as, as soon as she has that hesitation get her eyes that's when you get right? that's when you go for the Peck eyes her in the eyes yeah take okay. them out so you have a plan so that that is that is you know working for you that is out there i think yeah exactly yeah what was it the final results were of course that 65 percent think kratos would beat ratchet and then could blessing oh, as a, than i thought could blessing as blessing kill kratos as a chicken and the answer was no 70 percent. and then could blessing as a chicken kill lucy one. james as herself and 60 percent said no you couldn't kill her and that's fucked up that is fucked up everybody listening i just won't let you know my it's, you want that though you know i've seen you challenge kevin to catch catch the hands in the street or whatever you say like oh, i've no, seen it happen you, you wouldn't want to catch Kevin. and that's hands. the thing no you, <laughs> I, you I wouldn't want. actually want it with kevin but i want to make him think that i do but that's the thing, Bless. You want to be the underdog in all these fights. You understand? So where you are right now, I think, is where you want to be. If people think you couldn't even take out Lucy James. You know what I mean? I hear you. So that's my number one. My number two is, did you listen to KFG this morning? Did you listen to the whole Forever Entertainment? Uh, yeah, I had, we, I had a call at the end, but then we got into what, what part? Sorry, what segment? The Forever Entertainment, uh, Square Enix, they seem to be partnering on a remake. Imran Khan came in. We asked Parasite them. Parasite fucking Eve. Yeah, and Imran was like, oh, they probably could be working on Parasite Eve. I think that's us. I think we're willing all this into existence. If I mean, it's one of those when it happens, not even if. When it happens, yes, we deserve full credit for that. We made that happen. We put Parasite Eve back on the map. People started to sleep and forget about it. We brought it back. It made a run in the the tournament. Everybody's happy about it. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is P.S. I Love You XOXO. It's our PlayStation show. Each and every Tuesday morning, Blessing and I get together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. If you want to nerd out with us, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can send us your questions, your comments, your trophies, everything under the PlayStation sun. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can get each and every episode ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every week. And of course, you could be watching it live on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames as we record it just like levi hunt is uh nick ash is R- R- ray hayes is man i'm getting i'm not there you know omega buster i'm reading the words i wrote that was easier i jump over there i'm not joshy g731 
Everybody could be there if you're on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, if you don't want to toss us any bucks or can't, we understand you can get the show with ads, no post show, no live youtube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning on, you know, all these different services, having a good time. Getting Do you it there. just always have that on you? I find that the Thor hammer, I just, yeah, I, I fiddle with it a lot. It's a, it's a, like a fidget spinner for me when I'm here. I don't know. There's something about it. I don't know that I just, is it just I like on it. your desk because you always oh, yeah. pull it out, and I'm like, oh, the Thor, a Thor's hammer. Yeah, do you, you not have a lot of stuff on your desk? I have a whole bunch. Of, I got my Ecto ones on my desk. Like just things to fidget with. You know what I mean? Yeah, for me, it's it my is my nice to have something to fidget with. I have a pen. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got the yeah. C3PO with the detachable arm from Star Wars: A New Hope. That's what I fidget with. Sure, it's nice. Uh, housekeeping for you before we get into the show proper is actually kind of relates to what we were just talking about. Of course, we're recording the show live right now on Monday, and then it'll post tomorrow at 6 a.m. So it's always hard to promote content that has an embargo. So depending on when you see this, there's a new first impressions live on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. It's for a game that a whole bunch of us here at Kind of Funny can't wait for. Uh, please go check it out. It features a very special guest. Please go check it out. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Check it out there. Uh, if it's not there when you get there, just wait a couple hours and then it'll be there later uh next week we're going to be doing our concrete genie book club of course concrete genie was one of the free playstation plus games of february we said uh, we'd follow up on the bloodborne play session where we all played it we would all play concrete genie so this is your final chance to get your thoughts in order go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games go to the participation link click on ps i love you xoxo and file your concrete genie thoughts questions reviews and everything under the concrete genie sun We'll be doing it next week, so you got a whole week to do it. Uh, be like our Patreon producers for the new month. We have Mick, a.k.a. at Dananobiologist Abrahamson. I still, I'm still saying that wrong, right? Abrahamson? He got the M in there. I've never, I've never, I, don't, I mean, nanobiologist is in the chat all the time. Abrahamson, Abrahamson. 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 Not Sen, son. Send would be Abra- EM, Abrahamson. Right? Abrahamson. 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 Uh, Tyler Ross. Joy, a.k.a. Joseph O. Youssef. Trent Berry. Mizuki. Uh, Man Bear Paradox. Julian, the gluten-free gamer. Uh, Alex J. Sandoval. Sancho West Gaming. Uh, James Hastings. Elliot. Uh, Casey Kern. Today we're brought to you by Freshly, but for now, let's start the show with topic of the show. It's a simple topic. What the fuck, PlayStation? What the fuck? Uh, blessing and I, consummate professionals. We last, what you dial it back literally seven days ago. We're sitting here to record the show, looking through all the PlayStation news. Not that much going on, right? But we're able to sit down and be like, all right, let's extrapolate from this God of War stuff and talk about what Ragnarok might be around. We make a dynamite show, a great show where we argue about uh, Kratos and Ratchet. We have a lot of fun here. It, we finish that, and no sooner do we finish it, process it, and upload it to YouTube, PlayStation's like, blah, blah. Here's all this PlayStation news changing everything. There's a state of play. There's this giant thing from Jim Ryan. There's PlayStation VR 2 news. Just, I left, it's just coming. They're swinging. And we're doing our best over on Games Daily to get through it. Me and Gary, I'm with our Gary Witta. Gary Witta, host of the X-Cast. I'm over there trying to explain PlayStation VR to him. He's like, I don't oh, get it. I don't get it. Is there, is there an X button? Too, everything's like, too hard on cross. the PlayStation, man. Oh, Mike, Mike Howard, oh, the PlayStation uh, fights me One when I play because of the triggers. How dare they? Uh, These people. I know, right, exactly. No it just makes me sick to my fucking stomach that no PlayStation idea. did this to us. I see even over there, IGN, Podcast Beyond, Jonathan Dornbush constantly having to kick back when he's going to record his show. Make it easy. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> there's no way to really do it because there's always going to be. Just well, make it easy for news it. Monday morning, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. That's all we ask for. So 
blessing. Mm-hmm. One of the I've I've said it before on the show, but I'll say it again. One of the my favorite blessing moments from your short time here at Kind of Funny, but longer than some, uh, was when we got our codes for The Last of Us Part Two, and I sent it out to you, me, and Tim, and you said, "Finally, some food!" And we are feasting right now with PlayStation oh, yeah. News. So there are so many different ways to attack and go through this. Yeah, and I look at this. Ryan Ryan Higgins in the chat. Or Ryan Powala Higgins says it's actually the Nexus button. Greg, did you hear this? Oh, I did hear this. I'm going off about PlayStation talking about this, and Gary's like, well, it should be the cross button. Actually, you know the Xbox button's called the uh, Nexus. I'm like, Gary, get out of here. You know? Write a letter to Phil Spencer. It's the Xbox button. Everybody knows what it is. I digress. So many different ways to attack this feast. Uh, I was looking through. You'd gone through and compiled it all, where we would go, what we'd start. And you asked an interesting question that I think is where we should start from. And Blessing, the question you asked is, are we entering a new era for PlayStation Plus games. This stems from you saying PlayStation Plus games are wild this month. Uh, If you didn't know, right now, March 2nd, when you get this on Tuesday, not you live, folks, uh, you can get your new batch of PlayStation Plus games, and they go like this. Final Fantasy VII Remake on PlayStation 4, Remnant from the Ashes on PlayStation 4, Maquette on PlayStation 5, a game I've I've already beaten. I've played through and beaten Blessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I got things to say. I got things to say. I I want to hear all of them, because I'm very excited about Maquette. I, that's why I was surprised when Kevin was the one who was all about this code in the code chat. You never answered. And that's Wait, why I never got your code. Did you put out the call? Kevin did. I was, Kevin sounded the klaxons. Oh, shit. Let me tell you, oh, this oh, is Kevin. a game. There's wanna, a lot I to talk about. I play Fortnite one night. Wait, <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely responded to Kevin. I mean, I wish I could help you on that. I'm just saying what Kevin, what Kevin did and what I saw over there. Um, so, yeah, McKenna uh, on PlayStation 5, Farpoint on PlayStation VR, still free, of course, is Destruction All-Stars PS5, and we'll get to it in a second, but if you want to, they're bringing home Play at Home, or bringing back Play at Home, and Ratchet and Clank, the PlayStation uh, 5, 4 game, will be included in there as well. But that's not really part of this. So that is where you started from. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Remnant from the Ashes, Maquette, Farpoint, Destruction All-Stars. And you say, are we entering a new era for PlayStation Plus games. Before we even begin dissecting it, what I want to do is take us back to last week. Uh, again, something that's happened since we posted when, again, Sony came out with all this information. It was headlined and I guess all boiled down into one GQ article where Jim Ryan uh, spoke to GQ. They did an interview. They talked about all the initiatives we will talk about again here and take different perspectives on. But one of the things that kind of got lost in the shuffle was him talking about PlayStation Plus. So let's start there, which is actually the end of the article. Again, read from GQ. GQ's article with Jim Ryan. GQ says, So you noted earlier that the PlayStation 5 has already brought some new users into the fold. It was also said by Sony that 87% of people with a PlayStation 5 are subscribed to PlayStation Plus. How does that affect your plans for the platform moving forwards? Jim Ryan answers, It's pretty much what we expected. The early audience is an audience that likes to engage with PlayStation Plus. Many of them like to play online multiplayer, and they like the instant PlayStation Plus collection. GQ responds, you're going to give away some more old games for free as part of Play at Home, but you've, are, you, you've also increasingly released new games to PlayStation Plus subscribers, such as Destruction All-Stars and Bug Snacks. Is that something that's going to continue? Jim Ryan responds, yes, it is. We see this is a very interesting and innovative way to publish I didn't miss a word there. No, we see this is a very interesting and innovative way to publish games and to make games available to our subscribers. It works for us as the publisher, and we know that subscribers to PlayStation Plus love it. Blessing, mm. expound, as Jared Petty would say, on your own question. Are we entering a new era for PlayStation Plus games? 
Yeah, the reason why I brought up this question is because when you look at this next month of PlayStation Plus, it is one of the best months, if not maybe the best month we've gotten for PlayStation Plus. When you look at Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PS4, a lot of a lot of people's game of the year of last year, including mm-hmm. kind of funnies. You look at Remnant from the Ashes, a game that a lot of people love for the PS4, but that seems kind of standard for a PS Plus month. Maquette, which is a brand new release that they've been advertising uh, in different presentations, and that's that's a game that I think has been building up pretty good hype for an indie game over the last year. Then you look at Farpoint as a PSVR title and, and what those four games look like. Let alone, yes, Destruction All Stars, which is free, which is still free for the PS5, and then Ratchet and Clank at Play at Home. And I think if you want to even just to keep it to this year, right, if we dial it back just a bit further, right, we're talking about Concrete Genie, a great underplayed PlayStation gem. We're talking about Control Ultimate Edition, a game that people were all about, right? Greedfall, I know nothing about. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, an underplayed AAA game that, like, you know, was out there. And then Maneater, a game so many people loved. But then you're also talking about at the PlayStation 5 launch, you're talking about games like Bugsnax, which was also free. I mean, if, you want to, for- yeah, if we want to go further back, right? Rocket Arena, Just Cause 4, Worms Rumble, uh, Bugsnax, uh, Hollow Knight, Void, uh, Hard Edition, Middle Earth, Shadow of War, Vampire, Need for Speed, Payback. That would be at the beginning of October is where I just stopped yes. there. But if you want to go back, I mean, just glancing, Fall Guys in, in uh, uh, August, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront in June. This is 2020 I'm talking about. Uh, Uncharted Thief's End in April. Shadow of the Colossus in March. Uh, firewall and, zero it keeps going that way with and with and with all that right i think the more powerful point would be for us not only to look back but look forward because they announced odd world Soulstorm for yep. playstation plus and that's going to be free uh in the next the next month in april yeah. and this is starting to lead to a trend that we've been seeing uh especially during this new playstation 5 generation that it seems like playstation is a lot more willing to not only put games on playstation plus but put games that they've been advertising and hyping up on playstation plus which i think is a more um uh important thing because we've gotten we've gotten new releases on playstation plus in the past i think rocket league is probably the biggest example of something that came out that was new on playstation plus but i think the difference here that we're seeing is that Oddworld Soulstorm was at the PlayStation presentation back in June. Yeah. Uh, Bugsnacks was at the Play- PlayStation presentation back in June. Destruction All-Stars is another one. Of course, Pl- Destruction All-Stars got shifted around a bit, and so it wasn't originally intended for PlayStation Plus. But it falls in line with this new trend of, hey, let's put way more focus and way more uh, hype into PlayStation Plus. Uh, and I think this is very much heightened by the by um, PlayStation Plus collection. Me and Tim, and I think all of us have been having the conversation about PlayStation Plus collection, and I've been, I, I, I've been on the, of the side of, it's a cool thing. It's awesome that they've been offering PlayStation Plus for people that are jumping into the ecosystem new and give, giving them an access to a large library of games uh, to catch up on, especially if you didn't have a PS4 or if you didn't experience those games. 100%. But I think in those conversations, Tim has been alluding to what this does for PlayStation as an ecosystem in comparison with Xbox Game Pass, which has been right. ex- which has been in a which has been a comparison that I've not wanted to make because I'm very much of the mind that Xbox Game Pass is killing it. Like it's the best deal in gaming easily when you look at what's what's on the library and and the things they have to offer, especially when you factor in the fact that they're launching all their first party games on Xbox Game Pass, uh, and that's kind of ignited the idea and the thoughts for me of what does playstation do to compete with that and i think the answer that i've been trying to look for has been how do you like what do you do with playstation now do you lump that into ps plus do you create a new game pass like service for playstation how do you compete in that way Mm. and i've i've not been convinced that playstation plus itself was the answer to, to competition with xbox game pass until 
pretty much this last week where we've gotten them consistently being like, oh no, yeah, next week you're going to get Final Fantasy VII Remake. Next month you're going to get Oddworld Soulstorm. This month you're going to get Maquette. And I think that does, that does speak to them being like, okay, how do, we, how, do we, how do we compete? How do we make PlayStation Plus as appealing as a service as Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate that comes with Games of Gold and all that stuff? And I think this is kind of the beginning of that answer. And yeah, I think that's something you stumbled on uh, in the same way the audience did. I put out the question, obviously, on Twitter, like, hey, we're doing this episode. Are we entering a new era for PlayStation Plus games? I, of course, uh, put that out on uh, Twitter, asked people to come to, as you always do, uh, go over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, hit the participation link, speak there. And so many of you did, but so many of you immediately started comparing it to Xbox Game Pass. And again, I know I titled this episode already. I went and deleted my original headline, put a new headline in there that is, is uh, PlayStation Plus the uh, a true competitor to Xbox Game Pass? I want to make sure it's very clear. I'm with Blessing that this isn't a either or. This isn't a playstation versus xbox for me it's a conversation right now of looking at playstation plus in that lens like so many of you did uh by the way too blessing i did email you or slack you here a screenshot of you not asking for a mecat code because you ignore kevin on slack and i just want that on record yeah no i was was literally just responding to me like dang you got me i i could have sworn (laughs) i responded responded to it Either way, so, I, I'm getting it at, what, midnight tonight? Yeah, or maybe it's tomorrow morning. Probably tomorrow with the store update. Yeah, the store yeah. update tomorrow. But yeah, you'll get it for free on PlayStation Plus, so who cares? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's get in here with uh, the, where we start this whole conversation and get into it with this Xbox slant, too. Uh, are we entering a new era for PlayStation Plus games? Druvenator kicks us off and over at Patreon.com slash games writes, Abso-fucking-lutely. I wrote about this during the KFGD last week, but what caught my eye the most was Jim Ryan's co- commitment to PlayStation Plus as an innovative way to release new games day and day date parentheses or close enough it's also about building communities and i think both sony with playstation plus and microsoft with game pass see the value in recurring revenue slash dlc slash uh microtransactions as a result of making base games affordable via subscription service think rocket league rainbow six destiny fall guys etc and then the money spent on the dlc from there I think this is the extent of Sony, quote-unquote, competing with Microsoft for game Pass. I think this is their alternative value proposition, and honestly, it's kind of cool. And I think that's been fascinating to think about this argument as we go through it, right, Bless? Where so many people have talked about this, and when we talk about it, I think it's so easy to go, oh, well, the competitor to Game Pass is PlayStation Now. Because that is more apples to apples, right? You sign up for a service, and here's a library of games. You're ready to go. And so many people compare those libraries to each other and what's going on and where it's going. But when you stop there and start entering into this this idea of PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Plus into the conversation, it's a value over time proposition. It's a far different uh, argument for what's going on. But there might be a more compelling argument that that is, in fact, the better way to go. Uh, George Barrett from London writes in in this uh, vein and goes, I think the list of PlayStation Plus games PlayStation 5 owners in particular have with the PlayStation Plus collection alongside the monthly games we've had since November so far does offer a compelling response to Xbox Game Pass, despite the AAA first party titles not being included on day one. Even more so, I've been redeeming PlayStation Plus games religiously, as Greg and Colin have recommended way back on Beyond, so I have an even more compelling library that spans across PS3, PlayStation 4, Vita, PlayStation VR, and now PlayStation 5. It would be interesting to compare the list of PlayStation Plus games from, say, 2019 onwards with what Game Pass is now to see which has the better list today. Blessing, do you buy this argument that this is 
been a Trojan horse way to fight uh, Game Pass? Was it always, when the Game Pass got announced, do you think PlayStation looked at what they already had and were like, we don't need to worry about it because we have uh, people building the instant game collection, as it used to be called? I think it is, I think it is a response you know, I, I I think it is them looking at Game Pass and being like, well, we got to do something. We got to we got to build a compelling reason for people, for people to buy, to buy in. And I think more and more new games being released with PlayStation Plus is a good compelling reason for them to buy in. Like it, it, it's hard to compare because it is apples and oranges to some extent to Xbox Game Pass. And I don't necessarily know if at the end of the end of the day, if we if we compared the PlayStation Plus offerings to Xbox Game Pass, that it'll still be a comparable thing. I think Xbox Game Pass with EA Play and first party stuff and all this stuff, right? Is it's still its own thing and it's still I I think Xbox Game Pass is still gonna turn out as the best deal in gaming. But on the PlayStation side of things, on in in uh the latest episode of the Blessing Show that we did, right? We we did a Never whole next gen oh it's a it's a video it's a video series you can get on YouTube.com so it's kinda of funny games is under ten. How often is it post? Uh, it's every other Thursday. And so nice. we have a, a, an episode coming up this Thursday. And so look forward to it. I won't spoil what it's about, but it's a good okay. one. You should you should tune in. I'll check um, it out for sure. Check it out. Our our previous episode was about next gen uh four months later, which we will correct us and say it's three months later, but I got my console early, and so it's four months to me, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're like, also just wait, all right? Just yeah, wait a couple weeks. Like, It'll be four weeks. Yeah, in months. Mar- it, we're about to hit four months. Um the uh, one of the arguments I made uh talking about next gen. Uh, a few months later, right, and what made the future we're looking towards for both consoles is that Xbox is very much focused on their platform and they're focused on their services and they're focused on the things that we've talked about over the last few years of them being focused on. Whereas the focus for PlayStation does seem to be uh, the games and everything else feels like it is additive, right? PlayStation VR feels like a fun additive way to play video games on the PlayStation 4 or 5. It doesn't. It doesn't fit into the core... Hey, this is what's going to feed. This is what's going to build our community to be bigger and better than ever. This is going to feed into the core strategy of PlayStation. No, it feels like another way to play PlayStation games. PlayLink feels like another way to play PlayStation games. A lot of what PlayStation mm-hmm. does, PlayStation Now feels like another way to play PlayStation games, which I think is alternative to what uh, what Xbox does. My argument in that video was that PlayStation, though, in terms of their core strategy, is very much focused on the games. And this is the thing that we've been talking about, right? When you look at PlayStation First Party and you look at Naughty Dog and the big, the big games that, they're, they've, that they've been releasing, but also some of the smaller games when you look at Iron Man VR and Concrete Genie and the other things that PlayStation does. I think this, what, we're, what they're doing with PlayStation Plus seems to be a way to uh, uh, capitalize on how games are their core strategy and them them putting games at the at the uh the the sole focus right of what playstation plus is going to be going forward i think is a very smart move because you do look at um you look at how we've talked about playstation plus over the last generation or so and i think people have been generally positive about playstation plus but playstation plus hasn't necessarily been a thing that we that we've celebrated as much as something like game pass or looked at it as something that is super special it's more so a service that's been there that we've been pretty cool with because it gives us online and we get free games but most of the time i think you know i, I think most of the time we don't even touch the free games because either they're games we already have or they're games that aren't as interesting it's also when important you... i think to this conversation to remember mm-hmm. of course how everybody wants something shiny and new right playstation plus has been around since 2010 
it's 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 more than a decade old holy fucking shit and i remember those early days of it you know oh it's a free it's free games and then it's also down you know discounts on uh dlc or just items games in the shop and i remember uh you know at ign colin and i keeping uh, an article updated that was us trying to see if we would actually net out the subscription and then of course or the subscription fee if we would actually make the money back and we did in you know a matter of months it wasn't a big deal but it is so synonymous with PlayStation. It is so like, oh, you have it. You ha- It's Xbox Gold, right? Where it's the same thing where you don't think about what Xbox games with gold are doing anymore because that's just something that's always there. And if you're in that community, you're using that ecosystem, you're going for it. I think Xbox Game Pass coming out and being the Netflix of games, right? Uh, PlayStation now coming out and trying to do their own version of that along with streaming and all these other things. Like Those were the initiatives that get more pressed because they're brand new they're making the bigger deals and exclusives of getting ea involved in having these games but also it's it's the sunk cost idea right it's the mm-hmm. fact that playstation plus is a gamble where i think the playstation plus collection has done exactly what playstation wanted which was a huge shot in the arm which was a huge value proposition and which was a huge hey guess what you finally are breaking down and getting a playstation congratulations here are all the games you missed from last gen not all of them but the majority of games you missed from last gen that were our games that we think are awesome and you do that so you get it and you're already getting this library before that or even if you're coming in and somehow you already played that and you let it lapse to sit there and be like great wow you know last month they had concrete genie and they had x y and z i can't remember last month anymore but it was that idea that they had there was great games last month but now a control this month i'm just getting uh what i'm getting i'm getting a maquette right i'm getting i'm excited for that and that's cool uh i'm getting final fantasy that's cool those are two games to the xbox's 100 games and this is yeah you know that's the thing of you can put your money down and you can get your ticket punched and you can say all right let's go but it's not as exciting as jumping into the pool and having all these games around you exactly and i think you hit the nail on the head in terms of it's it's not something shiny and new and i think what they seem to be doing more and more with playstation plus does paint it to be does does give it that shiny and new in there you know like maquette is shiny and new odd world soulstorm is going to be shiny and new destruction all-stars was shiny and new and i'm looking uh on the website right for the playstation indies and there are so many games that they've Uh, been highlighting over the course of the last year with the uh since the playstation presentation uh that are small smaller sized games that i could see potentially being playstation plus games and i think that kind of battles the conversation that i think a lot of us have had with playstation plus of okay cool i want to get this game but it seems like a playstation plus game it seems like Mm -hmm. a game that's going to eventually get there i've i try to sell people on dreams uh in friend groups and stuff and oh i've i've had so many people be like oh dreams is going to come to playstation plus eventually uh, and I think this helps to fight that a little bit, where you put out Maquette, a game that people might look at that way, look at as that way, and then uh, you know put it out for free at launch on PS Plus, and that gets people in. I'm looking at other games like uh, Fist, Forged, and Shadow Torch, which is a game that isn't getting the most press possible, but is a game that they have advertised on the PlayStation blog and pro- and does have a little bit of fervor for it. You put that on PlayStation Plus that builds that hype for that game and that builds community. I'm looking at games like also Recompile and uh, now our player with, play with your food. Uh, uh, Stray is another one, right? Like these are all games that are um, a bit smaller in scale and you don't but look here, at them as a uh, go for it. No, I think you're, you're doing it. Yeah. But here's the test I think of, is this a new PlayStation plus? Is this a new era? Is it what you're doing? I think it, right now, all those games obviously deserve this moment. Yada, yada, yada. If they do Kina, 
If they do Keen of Bridge oh, of Spirits as a PlayStation Plus game, I think then, yeah, this is their commitment in what they're doing because I would put exactly what you're saying, right? Bug Snacks was the breakout indie from the PlayStation presentations leading into the PlayStation 5 where everybody was singing the song, what's that game about, and is it going to get dark, is it going to do this thing? There was enough buzz about that on a level that, yeah, if you put that out, I think, on a PlayStation Plus platform, okay, that was a big move. Bug Snacks was going to sell, maybe not as, obviously not as well as it, it would have uh, if PlayStation Plus for free and stuff, but Keen is in a similar boat where this game looks really cool and it looks really neat, but it is an indie. It is a smaller game. Like, are people really going to show up for that? And then if you're PlayStation, why not write the check? Why not write the check to be like, yeah, this is this huge exclusive and, or not exclusive. This is this huge game for us that's going yeah. to be a timed exclusive that we, I'm saying it's not first party. We want and, you to come out and be a part of it, right? And you think of the conversation that, I think that that strategy uplifts both PlayStation Plus 100%, but then also uplifts those games because you look at something like Kena Bridge. Kena Bridge of Spirits is an interesting one because there is so much hype already for Kena Bridge of Spirits. But you look at something like Odd World Soulstorm, and Odd World fans, I'm sure, are very excited for Odd World <clears throat> Soulstorm. But the average PlayStation fan or the average video game player, I don't think, is looking forward to Odd World Soulstorm as one of their big anticipated games of the year. Sure. You put that on PlayStation Plus, though, and I think that enters a different conversation of now everybody has access to it. You know, they mentioned in the article that 87% of PlayStation players, PlayStation 5 owners have PS Plus. That is a large install base, especially compared to something like games, uh, not games of gold, uh, Xbox Game Pass, right? Sure. Like Xbox Game Pass is still making those moves. I think they're at, what, 15 million, something like that, which, is, you know, is in contrast with both games of gold and PlayStation Plus. And so it makes sense on the Sony side why they would go harder for PlayStation Plus as opposed to trying to change that up a bit. Um, but yeah, when you put Odd World Soulstorm on there, then that opens it up to a whole new audience and I think strengthens what Odd World may, might become in the going in the future and how much it sells even after it's off of PlayStation Plus, uh, which I think is huge. I mean, that's the power of what they're doing and why it benefits them and why it also benefits the relationships and developer with developers. Because it is this idea of like, maquette when we get to right is uh you know uh recursive uh puzzle game right you're moving things around it's about perspective yada 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 uh it's not the witness like it's not and like that you know i know people who i was talking to people online today tom marks put up his review i put up my tweet about uh, my tweet version of the review before saying i talk about it here but immediately people are like oh man is it the witness is it as good as the witness and it's like it's different it's not the witness it's not trying to be the witness but i think if you were to say hey maquette's out it's a recursive puzzle game it's out right now, and I, I don't. I can uh, you, Barrett, can you Google I, I, and tell me how Maquette would how much it is if, if they announced the price without it uh, being on PlayStation Plus? But hey, it's fourteen ninety nine, and somebody's like, "Is it the witness?" You're like, "No." I think most people are gonna go, "Oh, okay." Well, I'm not gonna do it then. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna walk away from it, and that game's not gonna get played. And it, you know, it's a smaller developer, obviously. Like, I think you put it out there, you suddenly are making good on the fans because they're like, "Oh my god, awesome, free game to play." free brand new game to play that has been in a bunch of stuff that is beautiful that has bryce dallas howard in it there's something going on with this game that maybe isn't worth the money to you to take the 14 dollars pledge uh plunge on but for your already you know, locked in playstation plus subscription you go for it yeah you mentioned like maquette's not the witness i think maquette and i've not played it but from what i can kind of gather and and infer maquette seems to be super liminal which is a game that i played last year and yeah. really enjoyed wasn't a 10 out of 10 game but it was a fun puzzle game but most people i talked to you haven't played super liminal and yeah. if you put P super liminal on ps plus i think that opens up that conversation to be entirely different of so many people would probably jump into that game and give that game a chance and probably be a little bit blown away by it because it's a really super liminal is a really good game and maquette if it comes out and it's a really good new new and shiny game for ps plus then 
I think that does wonders for that conversation. You know, I, I think about our our um, towards the end of the year last year, we did our uh, PSLW awards, and one of the categories was best PS Plus game, and we got into a good good conversation about Bucks Next versus Fall Fall Guys and what makes a good PS Plus game and all this stuff. I think already the conversation for this year for best PS Plus game is already going to be interesting, right? Because oh, yeah. we've got in terms of new games, right? Maquette, Oddworld, Destruction All Stars, Destruction All Stars might not be might not be in the conversation because we also got Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's when you have to pad out the nominees. Like you need a fifth nominee. Like I was there. I don't yeah, know. somebody liked it. I can't. But find... if this cadence continues, then like, dude, look at that. Uh, just as an update, I can't find yeah. a, a price. It's. Uh, not on the PlayStation Store yet, and then I looked up on Steam. It's technically there on Steam, but it doesn't have a uh, price listed yet. So gotcha. That's all I got for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, to this question we were asking, of course, you know, is, is this the dawn of the new era? Uh, Parker Petroff wrote into patreon.com slash games and says, no. Based solely on what we've th- seen thus far, I would say no. As a lot of this seems like marketing deals that would have been lined up well in advance to move to sell, move to sell consoles. Uh, this is what they did at this is this is what they did last launch, uh, November 2013. Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance, Remember Me, Oddworld: Stranger Wrath, December 2013. Contrast: Resogun Grid 2, January 2014. Borderlands 2 and DMC: Devil May Cry headlined, uh, February 2014. Bioshock Infinite headline, and we also got Metro: Last Light and Mod Nation Racers, March 2014. Tomb Raider 2013. This just seems like what they do. A console is launched, and they beef up the PS Plus offerings to bring in people. Then, as the generation goes on, uh, the titles on PlayStation Plus wane in quality a bit as they have better first-party offerings to do the heavy lifting. Do you see the same thing happening here? Or do you agree, I guess, with the argument, and do you see the same thing happening here? I can, I can, see, where, I can see where they're coming from, and I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, especially as we get later on in the PlayStation generation and you have those first-party games to fill in the spots and fill in right now... Like we're in an interesting place because I think this time last gen, there was a a drought of games. Like I'm talking about 2014, right? Where like the best the game of the year conversation in 2014 was Shadow of Mordor and Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. and I think South Park Stick of Truth maybe. Uh, and you didn't have you didn't have a year that looked like PlayStation 5's year right now, where it's Ratchet and Clank, uh, a Rift Apart, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Got maybe God of War, uh, and Death Loop. You know we have a, we have a big game slate now. But when you talk about 2014, right, the year after the PlayStation 4 came out, you did see a lot of indies come in to, to fill the spots, and you saw PlayStation have that bigger focus on marketing smaller games. And I think you could take that and easily compare to what we're getting now. Um, and I think I think that's a fair thing to do, but I will say that things are a little bit different because there are those games that are picking up and, and coming out on the first party side. That said, later in the generation, I wouldn't doubt, honestly, that Sony would be like, all right, cool. We 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 stuck to that plan for the first few years. Now that we have a decent a steady flow of, of new games coming out and games that people can return to and a reason for for people to wanna uh come into the the PlayStation 5 and or, or pick up a new console, I could I could see things going that way. Yeah, that, again, this is back to the Kena conversation, right? Of like, 
we can talk about it now, project what's going to happen, but it really comes down to the proof being in the pudding of what they do mm-hmm. from here on out. And if they continue to support stuff like that, you would hope that with, you know, the move they made of bringing Shu onto the Indies team, bringing over Greg Rice, you know, they apparently uh, seem to be doing very well with Indies. And obviously we've seen it with the support of the console. But again, that's very much the playbook of, you know, you launch a new console, you need a bunch of stuff on it. Let's get Indies on it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if that really does pay forward to PlayStation Plus because you do hear so many deals of, the games that are coming to Xbox Game Pass day and date as they launch are smaller indie games because obviously those indies are always, uh, not always, I guess, but they're very glad to be able to be immediately in the black with their game. You have so many different developers working on video games with their houses mortgaged, working another job, doing all these different things. And a lot of times Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation for all intents or not, not all intents purposes, PlayStation as well. Uh, you see it with Nintendo too. come in, give somebody a lot of money for their game in, uh, in front of it. And then that lets them bring on uh, contractors. It's let them beef it up to make the game actually come out quicker. Uh, but you I see them get security from it. I would like to see that continue to happen with PlayStation Plus. I think if they could continue giving us a brand new game every month, that is something that you might have overlooked that would have gone the way of Subliminal. Because I did think of a lot of uh, Subliminal when I was playing uh, Maquette, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would go really far to it. But yeah, to Parker's question, we have to wait and see. He does bring up a good point that, yeah, we have seen this again. We have seen games come out this way. But even then... Looking back, I don't know if it's exactly apples to apples, right? Because we're talking about, even in these conversations, and I'm obviously hazy, but older games coming out. Whereas, like, Control Ultimate Edition was brand new. They were trying to charge you for that, right? On PlayStation 5. Uh, Maquette is brand new. They, and I, that's an indie, I know, which would be similar to a Contrast or a Resogun, but that was even December, right? That was a more immediate thing than what we're talking about now in March, getting this game. But, yeah. obviously, I'm grasping just from the examples you give, and I'm sure there's a, a wealth of other information I could go to, but... I think it's fascinating where they're at right now and what they're going to do with it. I, I think it'd be a strong two-pronged approach if they continued with this in order to strengthen PS Plus while at the same time having those big first-party games. You know, if we're, if we're still in this place later in the generation where we're getting banger after banger of PS Plus month with new indie games or new, yeah. new uh, um, I guess, like double-A games or however you want to categorize them, while at the same time getting our new Naughty Dog game and all that stuff, I think it would be such a strong um approach and i think part of it is going to come down to how much does this make how how much is this worth it for playstation do they get to the if if this is the plan right do they get to the end of this year and realize that uh the money spent wasn't worth the return uh on ps plus and all this stuff you know who who knows like playstation is a business so i could see them getting there and being like yeah it wasn't worth it but i think there is there is power there we've seen other companies also you know basically pay for pay indie games the worth or pay pay indie games the cost of their development to come to the platform and like you said greg that means that that is a big thing for a developer to be able to do you know be able to you know make it make back that development cost on day one and not to worry about bills or worry about yeah uh you know how much money they're going to make at the end of the day getting that stuff back on day one is huge and i think playstation i would think playstation has the money to finance that let's say six times a year you know if they if they did the thing where destruction all-stars and buck snacks are on ps plus for two months each if they can have basically six games across 12 months for playstation 5 ps plus that launch on the on the service i i think that'd be doable but again i'm not a i'm not a finances first it's exactly what you're talking about too yeah what is the what is the return on investment on this and i would think that 
for PlayStation, it's a drop in the bucket. But also, you know, I'm not running their business, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I have no degree in business. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But I even as I look over here in the actual live chat, William says I would love to see ports like Disco Elysium uh, come to free on PlayStation Plus. Even something like Braid celebrate some of these older games. Like that's another great one, right? Of like, yeah. if you could get Disco Elysium free, the new version of that that coming out supposedly this month, right? That hasn't been delayed. We just haven't gotten an official date on it. I think. Last I heard, March, but I haven't seen an official PlayStation yeah. date on that one or whatever. And I really yeah. want to play that game. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I yeah, I, I was talking about wanting a detective game, and everybody's pointing me at that one. So it's like, meh, I need to get to, when it comes out, I have to you know, give it a better shot than I did on PC, where I played it for a little bit. And I was like, I get it, but I'm not in the mood for it. I know Lucy James from GameSpot loves it. Yeah, uh, they I said, they said the- March. I don't think they gave an exact date, and so I hope I hope it still comes out this month because I'll love to get my hands on it um so in this conversation i want to bring up another piece of news from this week as we move a little bit away from it but what we're talking about of course play at home is returning if you remember last year uh this little global pandemic started (laughs) and when it did playstation uh announced the play at home initiative where they gave away some free games and i think that was in the early days of it where they were like cool this will be over in no time and then uh, the pandemic continued to go so last week alongside all the other announcements jim ryan was out in front talking about play at home returning you can grab ratchet and clank 2016 for free through the playstation store starting march 1st that's today to march 31st 2021 uh this is not the final uh play at home game they said there will be multiples of this there's also a crunchy roll deal that i don't remember off the top of my head but there's something going on with that yeah or is it yeah, I, don't, I don't know the details but one it of the is, animes yeah. it's whatever whichever one is partnered with sony one of the animes I think they both are now aren't they didn't they, are they both? Yeah, they're, they're both they're, under it yeah i, I think that's oh, why it gets super confusing yeah Listen, if you're one of those uh, dorks, all right, get weebs. your get your waifu pill, body pillow and go <laughs> go get your deal on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, dorks. that's awesome. Hey. So, starting March 25th, uh, they right here in the PlayStation blog, our friends at Funimation, uh, joint ventures of Sony Picture Entertainment and Eniplex of Japan, are kicking in a very special offer: extended access for new subscribers to Funimation or Walk on Him uh, in the countries they are available. <laughs> I don't know what Walk on Him is. Uh, Funimation is an anime. <laughs> walk focus. on it sounds cool. We know what we know. What Funimation is, but yeah, it's it's Funimation. I appreciate it. after everything I was saying there, Joshy G seven three one in the chat. Oh, I will. <laughs> oh, I will grab my body pillow and go do this, Greg. <laughs> and that's starting you. on March twenty fifth. Uh, while we're here too, talking about this before we get into the actual you know news of this part of the story, worth pointing out, Ratchet and Clank twenty sixteen. Uh, Blessing and I were talking. That will be March's. Uh, everybody play this game. This will be yeah, the maybe. PS I Love You XOXO book club. Ratchet and Clank twenty sixteen. You can get it for free. Uh, play through it, and then when we get to April, we'll do a, a big old talk about it, a spoiler cast or whatever the hell it needs to be for it. So get in there and enjoy it. But. Outside of that part of it, uh, bless play at home. Uh, another arrow here in, in the quiver of PlayStation and what they're doing. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if this speaks. I've been using Ratchet and Clank as an example of how great this next month is for free PlayStation games. Yeah. I don't know if this necessarily speaks to PS Plus or anything like that. I think this is just a hey, you know, let's do something good. Let's give people a thing to play. Let's build hype for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is probably the biggest thing. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's awesome to see. I, I hope they continue to, continue to do this. Um, we need like a, I think we need like a fun name for the book club, unless we want to call it, unless we just want to call it the book club, the, the no, PSW book club. We used to do the video game book club way, 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 way back in the spare bedroom. And then since then, I know a whole bunch of other people do it too. Not that I'm, I, obviously we just ripped off book clubs and I'm sure other people were at the time were doing video game book clubs too. No, we invented I, book clubs. There's so many video game. We invented books. There's so many video game <laughs> book clubs right now. We need a more inventive name. So everybody exactly. think on that. Go ahead and set, like send a, it like in. Like a play on in. PS. I love you maybe. Or like. Sure. 
I don't know. P.S. I love this game. I don't P.S. Know. I love books. What if we P.S. don't love I the love game, books. Then? I love reading. P.S. I love reading. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I think this is a great thing. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm excited to see what they add to this as well. You know what I mean? And as uh, they continue to go. Because as you I'm excited to boot Ratchet and Clank back up because yeah. I'm just going to fantasize that every enemy I pixelize in this game is Kratos yeah, himself. Go. You know? Here we fucking go. This is my first you know ever Ratchet and Clank game. It's great. Really? Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, dude, you seem like you would love Ratchet and Clank. I really, I missed out. I, I don't know, like, why that was a blind spot for me growing up. But, uh, yeah, I was, like, more into the Jack and... Again, like, you I, can I, only I, choose I was, one. Uh, yeah, I, like, grew up with Jack and Dexter. Like, that was the, like, that was the That's Sony the exact thing. That, I, I, that was, like, the one, I feel like, probably Sony first-party game that I actually, like, played on the PS2. Everything else You're, was just, like, you are, SpongeBob and Tony Hawk and shit like that, you know? You are either a Ratchet and Clank person, a Sly Cooper person, or a Jack uh, and Jack Dexter person. person. Yep. You always had to exactly. choose one. I was Ratchet and Clank and tacking the power of Juju for some reason. I know I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but it was really, are you a Ratchet and Clank person or are you a Jack and Dexter person? Yeah. You, nobody, you, you wouldn't put nobody Sly was coming there? off the fucking bench for Sly Cooper when you <laughs> nah. talked about it. It was different. It wasn't the same. Off. It wasn't yeah. the same. Ah, what a surprise. Everybody gets pissed off all the time around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Grab your waifu body pillow and cry into its crotch, <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> Sly Cooper, that kind of game? Yes. No, no. Not the, what, the cry in the crotch part? No. Like, no, yeah, like, like the waifu. Sly Cooper was way more of like, uh, you know, you're stealthing around. It was a but stealth the, game, like, yeah. Yeah, you were doing that, and there was like mini games to it and all these different things. Whereas I thought like, Jack, Jack and Dexter originally was just a, a platformer. You know yeah. I mean? Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank obviously was too, but then it had the action combat stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish there was an easier way to play the older Ratchet and Clank games. I know they're probably on PS now. No, they're not. I'm not, I'm not I've, I've tried. Oh, I, like, I want to go back because like with this new one, right, it's like kind of a sequel to more of like the original series or something like that, and they're going to be like maybe following up some stuff on that. So I was like, maybe I should go back and, like, try to, like, get the original story and stuff like that. And, like, there's, like, two or three of them, but I don't think it's any of the ones that, like, people like. See, uh, I've not played so. the ones that people would probably consider some of the best ones. Yeah. Like, I've played a random smattering of Ratchet and Clank games. It's yeah. Ratchet, and Cl- Ratchet and Clank, the first one. I played Ratchet Deadlocked, mm. uh, Ratchet and Clank 2016, and then uh, like I've touched Ratchets here or there outside of those, but I loved those games, but I never had the chance to actually You didn't do a Crack in Time? No, I didn't do a Crack in Time. I, like I didn't do any of the, any of the future games. I didn't. Crack in Time, dude, at, at the time, that was, and I know this is like so outdated, and we say it to this day, but it was you put on, you're like, holy shit, this looks like a Pixar movie. Like, it looks so mm-hmm. good on PS3, Crack in Time. Yeah. I want to do Deadlocked. Deadlocked was really fun because it was the more multiplayer-focused arena, Ratchet and & Clank. And I didn't mm-hmm. play it multiplayer because I wasn't going to hook up my PS2 to online. Um, but for, for the arena stuff, I really enjoyed that, even though I, I know that's not one of the more better-regarded Ratchet & Clank games. Well, last thing I'll say, uh, since we're talking about the mascots here, one of the most heartbreaking things, because I had such a love for Jack 2 as a kid, one of the most heartbreaking oh, yeah. things was, like, I, I tried to do a Naughty Dog uh, playthrough, where I, uh, like, a couple of years ago, where I played through, like, the Crash Insane trilogy, and then, like, all three uh, Jack and Dexter games, the, the original trilogy was uh, up on, like, PS2 to PS4 on that store, and so I was, like, going through there. I played Jack and Dexter, great, loved it uh, as much as I did as a kid. Put on Jack 2. Holy shit. That game I hate just like shit. <laughs> that yeah, happens. Yeah. I really yeah, love For that me, game. the heartbreaking thing about Jack 2 is like how much I love Jack 2. And then you talk to other people and like, Jack 2 is the worst. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like at the dude, time, I was, I was like, he's for Jack he 2 ta- for years. And he's, then, like, ta- he's talking and it's Grand Theft Auto. And yeah. like, wow, they, what a what a cool way to mature the franchise. Because I like Precursor's Legacy. But yeah. I, wow. And then everybody's like, no, it's bad. I'm like, fuck. 
it was one of those things where it's, it was like all of that stuff is still like cool. The gameplay, like the way everything feels, is not good. It's just, yeah. it's it's really hard. Uh, so oh yeah, and one of the things I want to toss out, you I th- do think that the way you they're going to use play at home obviously is to give you games to get you excited for new games. Obviously, Ratchet and Clank for that. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Horizon in there. Get you ready oh, for Horizon 2 whenever that's going to come. Uh, you know, I know they say this year, but just put it out there. Uh, in terms of what we should call the book club, since we're playing uh, Ratchet and Clank, we have some early guesses for you. Uh, the nanobiologist puts in the, the live chat, P.S. I played this game. Uh, Nika Ash says, books, I love you. <laughs> William says, P.S. I love old games. Uh, William again says, P.S. I books you. And then Norman says, P.S. Let's play it. Ooh, I don't I like mind PS. Let's play it. PS. Let's play it. I do like as well. I do like. Yeah, it that well. has a ring to it. I like it. All right, we're 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 bookmarking. We're earmarking that one. Of course, everybody watching later on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Podcast Services, feel free to tweet. I actually go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and go to the submission form there and put it in. Uh, just I'll put a new form in there of what we should call it. Would call it. Uh, blessing. While I do that, why don't you move on to the next part of uh, it's topic of the show? Is just how fucking PlayStation is. So it's PlayStation updates. So it's everything. Just you, what else are we talking about? So we got uh, PSV. PSVR 2 news last week and I kind of want to talk about talk about what our big wishes for PSVR 2 sure. are because in a blog post last week they they talked about it I'm going to read a little bit from the PlayStation blog what they had to say uh, today I'm pleased to share that our next generation VR system will be coming to PlayStation 5 enabling the ultimate entertainment experience with dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity we're taking what we've learned since launching PSVR on PS4 to develop a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. It'll connect to the PS5 with a single cord, which is very important, to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience. One of the innovations we're excited about is our new VR controller, which will incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense wireless controller, along with a focus on great ergonomics. That's just one of the one of the examples of future-proof technology we're developing to match our vision for a whole new generation of VR games and experiences. There's still a lot of development underway for our new VR system, so it won't be launching in 2021. Uh, or I guess that's the end. It won't be launching in 2021. Uh, Greg, does this all sound like enough to get you into PSVR 2 or get you excited? I mean, I'm I'm excited that they talked about it. You know, this is something I went a little bit into with uh, KFGD with Gary, right? Of like, obviously, it was again how weird, right? That like on last week's episode, I asked you point blank when the last time you put your PSVR together, or have you done it since PlayStation Five? You're like, no, and I'm like, me neither. Like, PlayStation mm-hmm. Five looks so good. I don't want all these cables coming out of it and doing all these different things to it and the adapters and yada yada yada. And so I feel like the launch of the PlayStation Five really stalled PlayStation VR's excitement in a way. And I think obviously that's coupled with the fact that it's not like there's a million PlayStation VR games coming out right now that you need to go and be all about. Obviously, since even that sentiment, uh, Farpoint's been added to PlayStation Plus, so there's a reason to get into there and do that. And again, always redeem all your PlayStation Plus games. Even if you think you'll never play them, do it. So one day when you do get a VR, you can do it or whatever. But yeah, I'm excited to hear they're doing this. And you know, uh, I, I, you know, when Tim made us make crazy predictions, the one I put out was, and I didn't want to, but I'm putting out predictions. I'm like, I, I can see a reality where PlayStation abandons PlayStation VR, where they're just like, listen, it's cool, but it's not driving the numbers we need it to. We're, we're making money hand over fist on the first party games, on the consoles themselves. Do we really want to be distracted by it? And as I told Gary, this is a great announcement. It came with no assets, no hard dates, no photos, like, 
they could still abandon this. This is them, I think, as I said on the show, right? All this news dropping right before the end of fiscal year. It's trying to get everybody stoked, excited, get the information out there of how great PlayStation is and how exciting PlayStation's future is, which is needed and good to know. But as with any tech and with any, you know, global pandemic you're in, like they could pivot and change and move away from this as we continue to go on to just trying to get enough semiconductors to make PlayStation 5s. I'm excited about this because I want more PlayStation VR. I wish, of course, it was uh, cableless, but I we all knew that was a pipe dream, right? Because obviously yeah, the processing power is on the PlayStation 5 and yada, yada, yada. And like I have a quest if I want something wireless. But then it is also like I really hope that they are continuing to invest in companies right now in developers right now to make this happen and make it be cool. And, you know, Jim Ryan did say in his post that dev kits are, or I guess, in, I think it was in the GQ interview that dev kits are uh, heading out right now to people. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the thing that has me very excited because this seems like a big commitment to PlayStation VR and the future of it. That wasn't there before because with PlayStation VR, right? You're not like, you're not only with this announcement, you're not only committing to the hardware where you're committing to software and you're committing to support and all that stuff. And so this makes me wonder what they're planning in terms of PlayStation VR games. I had a conversation on uh, DLC podcasts. I was on uh, DLC with Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer. Jeff Kanata was there though, uh, because he uh, he had to deal with some stuff. But it was me, Christian Spicer, and Godfrey, the homie, um, and we talked all about PlayStation VR and kind of our hopes and dreams and all and all, and all this different stuff. And the 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 thing that the, the big compliment I can give to PlayStation VR over the last few years that we've had it has been that the library has been banger. You know, we've gotten, we've gotten games like beat saber Astro Astro's uh, Astrobot rescue mission, uh, blood and truth. And then you have all, all their games like Moss and, and, um, uh, did I already say Trover? I love Trover. And so I'll always, I always, Trover. always love Trover. You have a, you have a, a very, very good library of games for PlayStation VR. And a lot of that does come from PlayStation putting in actual support to it and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily you know the the main sony santa monica or naughty dog or their big studios having to put support uh, support to it it is them partnering with other studios and also having their having some of their studios have designated smaller teams working on that stuff and i think that's been enough to actually keep it afloat and make it something worth doing because in terms of numbers for playstation vr units at the top of 2020 I believe they announced that they had sold 5 million PlayStation VR units, which in the grand scheme of of the PlayStation audience isn't that much when we're talking about over 100 million PlayStation 4s sold. That is, I mean, that's literally 5 out of 100, 5%, right, of yeah. PlayStation users that, uh, users that have uh, PlayStation VR, right? And that means that if you release a Spider-Man game for PlayStation VR, it's not going to sell nearly as much as a Spider-Man game on PlayStation proper. And so that is a big commitment for them to actually do that and actually um commit resources to it but for what we've been getting they've seemed to be hitting that that nice middle ground of listen we're not going to get your big triple a's but also we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you have something to play and those things are going to be fun for what vr is and so and you're gonna see it evolve that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. i i you know i know it's a tired story of you know shu saying to us on the show in 2015 like hey like this is starting all over this is playstation one this isn't playstation four for playstation vr but to even compare those initial PlayStation VR experiences to getting to an Iron Man, to getting to a uh, Star Wars Renegades Rogue Squadron, right? I got Rogue yes. Squadron. Uh, you know what I mean? Star Wars Squadrons. 
squadrons thank you uh to resident evil 7 like there's been a journey there and you do see it changing evolving and getting there and you hit the nail on the head back there of like you know when this first got announced it was very much oh my god i'd love to see what naughty dog sucker punch etc first parties do with it and you didn't see that happen and that's for a couple different reasons from what i understand that's from talking to people is of course number one playstation never wants to force their studios to go make something they want you to be excited about what you have they're going to go make so that they make the best game but then also there's the business realities to it of yeah to take a naughty dog and use their resources to make a game that's going to only be available to at now five million people right like that doesn't make dollars and cents sense for what you're doing it makes way more sense for we're partnering with marvel games to make iron man vr and we're going with camouflage studios you know what i mean i had a conversation with uh ryan payton from camouflage about iron man when because it got announced that thing and then we uh, this is back in the day got announced that their gamescom precursor thing then we got to go play all those games in san francisco and he was there that and you know me and ryan go back you've seen him on kind of funny content and to get you know step aside with him and just be like holy shit this is awesome and here the passion in his voice like he's like you know when we got the chance to do this we threw together a demo and we like packed all the equipment into a truck and drove down and gave and like like it's like people bending over backwards to make a game they fucking truly believe in and are passionate about and that's what you need right now because you're going to an audience that appreciates and respects that passion and as long as playstation understands what can actually happens here and the, you know balancing the ledger of how much goes in and how much they get out of it i'm excited for playstation vr 2 i hope playstation vr 2 happens i want to see what this new controller they're talking about looks like oh this. yeah that's like that's the big thing i'm excited for is them working on a new ergonomic controller i wonder i wonder i wonder what they call it i wonder if that has like dual sense terminology into it i wonder if they call it the motion sense or something like that you know i'm, I'm already sure. Building in theories of hype in myself. You're, um, you got your marketing hat on. You're over there. Yeah, I'm like, how do we how do we sell this to the people? What do we put the 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 triggers in there? I hope they do the fucking uh, adaptive triggers. Put that in the VR controller. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's really awesome because as, as fine as the PlayStation moves are, there, I, I think the only game that really um, felt great with the move was Beat Saber because the way that the Beat Saber is kind of mm -hmm. hold. Yeah, you know that was that was the one VR game I preferred to have uh, the move controllers for. Everything else kind of sucked a little bit with the PlayStation move controllers, and so them using the them them pivoting to the ergonomic stuff. So they well, can, that's what's can so crazy about the PlayStation move controllers, right? Is like that's PS3 tech that they just yeah. kept using here, and like they didn't even start making more of them, and everybody was so pissed off trying to find them for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> And so I can't wait. I can't wait for them to to start having games that have hand tracking movement and that stuff. I think that's going to be awesome. And also, I think I want to shout out because this is a thing that I, I, I think I knew but I didn't realize realize until yesterday. Insomniac has uh, has made quite a few VR games, and I yep. imagine now that Sony actually owns Insomniac, there's a lot of opportunity there in terms of you know giving them games to work on. So maybe you do get like a Spider Man well, spinoff. That's the whole thing, some right? Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, PlayStation fans know Insomniac, and for the longest time we thought Ratchet, and then of course you think Spider-Man now, and you think that's it. But yeah, if you haven't been paying attention to what you know, both Burbank and North Carolina are doing, like there's a whole bunch of different VR stuff they were doing. Yeah. I remember I hosted a panel with them at South by Southwest for uh, the VR stuff they were doing off on the side, and I forget which one headset it was on or what year it was, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What else you got for me, boss? Uh, let me see. I got to scroll back on the doc. Uh, RIP Japan Studio. This is a thing that happened. Uh, basically, Sony announced that they're 
I guess paring down Japan Studio into Team Asobi, but I mean the way when you look at it, read through it, they're basically shutting down Japan Studio. Uh, I want to pull though an article from Martin Robinson at Eurogamer, who writes this farewell article to, to Japan Studio, which I really like. Uh, the name of the article is Farewell to J Japan Studio, the little team that felt like a big part of PlayStation's identity. It goes like this. Japan Studio is an odd little outfit. And while you'll be familiar with the logo from startup screens from countless PlayStation classics, most of its work has been done in tandem with external partners. Demon Souls is its most recent release was Demon Souls, its most recent release, was in partnership with Bluepoint Games. The Last Guardian, one of its most one of, one of its most high profile, was in tandem with Japan Studio alumni Fumito Ueda's team at Gen Design. The last game that was an original Japan Studio joint was Knack 2. Though it might perhaps be kinder to remember the developer by 2013's much loved Puppeteer, its last mm. effort before <laughs> before it was tasked with bringing Mark Cerny's vision to life. Japan Studios' original output was infrequent and erratic, which only made it all the easier to love. Ape Escape was Japan Studios' first high-profile release, and every subsequent game carried uh, that same spark of inventiveness. I love the offbeat, uniquely Japanese games they'd occasionally produce, cult classics like The Trash Panic or the brilliantly batshit Kung Fu Rider. It's that kind of eccentricity uh, that first really endeared me to PlayStation, and that always felt like an, an indelible part of its identity. And that's kind of a thing we talked about uh, a little bit last week uh, as all this PlayStation news was coming out during uh, me and you, Greg, that like, yeah, no, Japan Studio had that eccentricity that was very endearing. They added a bit of that weird, quirky personality over yep. some of their games. But in, in the modern era, Japan Studio hasn't worked on much of their own original stuff, which mm. kind of leads to this consolidation making a bit of sense you know when you look at the grand scheme um that said for what japan studio is they meant I, I think they meant so much to playstation fans in general because that logo pops up at the beginning of so many playstation games and so for this conversation i want to do like a i guess in memory of japan studio kind of thing and talk about some of our favorite oh, japan studio games oh, 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 oh. what's the what's the bear you'll know this what's the what's the fast and furious Seven song they sang. Wait, you, just said? you literally oh, just that's fucking exactly sang what I was singing. <laughs> Wait, it's been a long yeah, day. Wait, is that how that song goes? You, yeah, dude. Well, that's the oh at the yeah, very end like when the fucking, it fucking yeah, crushes. Like, like, I thought you were, I thought you were singing some Imagine Dragons bullshit. No, dude, that song does sound. That's how you can't tell me that's not how every Imagine Dragons song sounds like. That song was originally made for that movie. Blessed, you know. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Damn, yeah. shout out to Wiz Khalifa. And Charlie Puth or whatever. Uh, you know, Imagine Dragons, I couldn't tell you. I know that I know their songs, but I couldn't tell you one Imagine All Dragons. All their songs Radio have that, like... <laughs> oh, my oh, God! Yeah. And they never made another song after that. They just... <laughs> no, they had, they had no, plenty they kept, of songs. They I remember going to be radioactive. That's all they the kept first, doing. It was the radioactive... First, the first Game Thunder. Awards, the first Game Awards, I remember uh, going to the, the when Jeff was independent and he did the Imagine Dragons with the a composer from Nintendo whose name I can never remember. And I remember being in the audience like, "This is fucking amazing! I'm gonna listen to so much Imagine Dragons." And I never listened to Imagine Dragons, but I do remember uh, Radioactive. And you don't need if you, to. Radioactive. If you, if you yeah. want my PlayStation story about uh, 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 Imagine Dragons. If you remember, <laughs> at E3 one year, Jack Trenton came out to Radioactive. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack Trenton, Jack Radioactive, e. Radio... And he like came out and he's like waving or whatever. And then it was, what, months late, Not months, probably weeks later or whatever. And uh, I made some Jack Trenton reference. 
and Christine Steimer of What Good What's Good Games looked at me looked at me and started singing Radioactive, and I was like, "What is What are you doing?" She's like, <laughs> "He came out to that at E3, like that was his theme song." And I'm like, "Nobody in the world remembers that except you." Congratulations, yada yada. Jump ahead another two weeks, we were in her car and we were listening to Top Forty Radio, and and it was Radioactive, and the DJ came on. He's like, "That's Imagine Dragons with Radioactive at number four or whatever this year." Uh, little known, he's like at E at the Electronic Entertainment Expo this year. Jack Trenton came. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, what a targeted weird thing for me to be listening to radio for one second. Yeah, but uh, I, also, I will not accept any more of them because I will not accept the Imagine Dragons slander. They have oh, they have bless. You they do have not multiple they have multiple hit songs. They just all sound like the same song. Exactly. Give me another After one. Radioactive, they didn't make any new songs. They just kept it was Thunder. Radioactive. It was oh, Believer in the Thunder. That one. Yeah, yes. thunder, 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 yeah, the Thunder. They have a whole Beat Saber pack. They do. Yeah, I mean, I got this weird I thing. Like, I, I love, games, I love and respect Beat Saber, but I find the packs that they like specifically make like weird and questionable. <laughs> They're really they weird, questionable. Like, <laughs> you're not wrong. Why? <laughs> you're not. You're absolutely not wrong. Um, but like, I don't know. I still play them though. There's a Timbaland pack. Uh, and Beat Saber and Timbaland. Blessing, like jumping one of my the favorite. conversation back onto the tracks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, Japan get, studio. Let me get there in a second. There's a, there's a Timbaland pack in Beat Saber, and uh, Timbaland is one of my favorite producers. They have no song by Timbaland that I recognize, though. It was all new shit that <laughs> I, I think might have been exclusive to Beat Saber, and it wasn't that great. That. But. Go, yeah, go so for, for Japan Studio, yeah, we talked about this on Games Daily last week, right? You and me, uh, we were mm-hmm. both on there, and it was this conversation of, yeah, I think it. It's sad, but it's sad because of your memories, not because of the realities. I think the fact that, yeah, the developers who want to make original games have now left or been, you know, removed. But a lot of them were leaving on their own. They're going to go off. They're going to go make games. They're going to end up on PlayStation. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, the the services that we're about to talk about, right, because we're going to talk about what our what we think of a Jam- Japan Studios are still in PlayStation Studios. It's no longer under the Japan Studio label. Exactly. So, so blessing. When you think of Japan Studio. Uh, what do you think of for games? Yeah, I have like a very short list of games that I would say are probably my most memorable from Japan Studio. Uh, first and foremost, the Team Eco trilogy means so much to me. That would be Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian, all developed in partnership with Team Eco and Gen Design for The Last Guardian. Um, that might be in my top three, maybe top two favorite video game trilogies of all time. Like, I absolutely adore these three games. Eco, I feel like I don't get the, the chance to talk about enough. Um, but that's the game that I think is so inventive, especially for the time it came out, uh, and I think influenced so much in terms of those artsy, unique games that are very much going for vibe over everything else. You know, it had that it had that puzzle game kind of setup where you're you're doing the thing where you're moving boxes and you're like trying to figure out how to get to the next part of the level, right? But you're playing as Eco and you're uh, you're guiding the um, girl, the princess. I forget if she's a princess or what, but you're guiding the girl to where where she needs to go um and for what the art style is what the soundtrack of the game is for what that that um that weird unique story is at the time i think just hits so different um and it's such a good game shadow colossus we've talked about shadow colossus and everybody knows why i love shadow colossus and the last guardian i know is a (laughs) last guardian is a game that came out and i know it didn't get as well regarded as those earlier two because it was coming out under weird circumstances and had uh a handful of issues to it but for me the last guardian is a game that still uh hit very hard like it's one of those things where a last or i forget when we talked about this recently we talked about uh games we're looking forward to we're kind of talking about um 
uh, like games like Kina and other games in relation to uh, Sifu in relation to our fantasy draft. And are we going to do we feel comfortable drafting them? How do we think they're going to shake out on Metacritic? And we kind of talked about how, man, I hope Sifu is a nine or I hope uh, yeah. Kina is, is a nine or whatever. Right. And that kind of sparked the thought in me of like, dude, if Sifu is a seven or an eight, but it's a seven or eight that I love, then that's also like very much OK. And I think Last Guardian kind of falls into that category for me where Last Guardian I definitely see the flaws that it has in terms of like the camera and people getting frustrated with Trico and all this different stuff. But in my heart, that game is like a personal 10 out of 10, even though critically it's probably more of a seven or an eight because of its technical issues. I loved, loved, uh, uh, I want to call it Trico, the last guardian, um, <laughs> for what it did for me narratively. And in terms of that impact and the connection you make with Trico and the anim- and the animation of Trico and how bigger than life that thing felt. I loved it, loved, loved it. And so, uh that comes to mind first and foremost astro's astrobot rescue mission comes to mind also uh and, and i guess astro's playroom throw that in there uh absolutely love that game and of course we'll we're, we'll continue to see that with team asobi dark cloud with level five is one that they that they uh worked on and dark cloud is a game that again means so much to me i love playing that game on psc back in the day and i hope they bring it back because i think that game does so much that would translate so well to a modern game um, but it's a game that I have such good memories with when I think of uh, back when I had a PS2. Um, sure. And then Bloodborne would be the latest one, I'll say, from from Software. Part, developed, obviously, with From Software. Um, and yeah, Bloodborne is like my newest favorite game. I, Bloodborne and Sekiro, technically, are my newest favorite games. Um, but, but Bloodborne specifically is one that I think is so special and I think speaks to the fact that Japan Studio had that wide reach in terms of folks they got to partner with you know being uh, getting getting to connect with the japanese side of developers in order to bring games on a playstation i think spoke very powerfully and expanded that portfolio quite a bit and so shout out to japan studios for japan studio for those ones yeah uh for me i mean there's no surprise i think on my list right patapon's right at the top and obviously that was with pyramid like but that's what we're talking about with what japan studio did and how it incubated these kind of games and was a, a you know a vessel and a partner to getting into a wide audience and one of the you know big stories out of this uh japan studio shakeup and the dissolving it right as we know it is that you know japan studio wanted to make more japan games for japan that that could have worldwide appeal whereas playstation's like no make worldwide appeal games like the rest of the first party and that was a different of ideologies there and so like i don't think you're never going to see another uh game like patapon right i don't think you're never going to see another game like eco i think there's going to have different avenues of getting there and in that vein you know everybody's golf or hot shots golf depending on uh when and where you played it right uh like I, i'm just going with the most recent one from clap hands but like that the entire hot shot series i adore whether it's tennis or golf or you know and so the fact that they were instrumental in getting it there and keeping that character and having all that that's a huge part of it and then the one from them that's from them is the last guy like i loved the last guy if you remember that little weird ps3 game where you walked around as a zombie in a cape to get other people to follow you and take them to safety away from monsters and you were using google maps or whatever and going through not it wasn't actually google maps it was some knockoff maps of cities but you wandered them around and got them out it was the weirdest fucking game it had a really weird announced trailer and i really really loved it and so like that's what i when i think of japan studio that's the kind of stuff i think of i think of quirky games that you can't get not anywhere else because clearly you could get them but you know on the playstation uh side if you saw a trailer start and it had japan studio you knew it was going to be 
wacky or weird or I guess just different. It didn't have to be that, but it was yeah. going to be something different, right? It was going to, more than anything, I guess it was going to have a personality that was very unique. And I also think it would speak to quality because PlayStation usually, when it comes to first party stuff, they usually go for, for, for quality. And so it's similar to how when I was very, when I, yeah, when I was very young, when I first started playing video games and I was an N64 kid, I remember the first de- developer that I ever identified as a video game developer was Rareware. And I'm literally wearing my Rare sweatshirt right now mm-hmm. on a PlayStation show. That's right. Sacrilege. A Nintendo company, then an uh. Xbox company. I'm repping them on a PlayStation show. Yeah, um, boy. But I, I was an S 4 kid, and I remember jumping between games like uh, James Bond and DK64 and um, Jeff Force Gemini. And I'm, na- I'm naming like some games that were probably a little bit questionable for fans back in the day but yeah, for me not so much for me that for me i remember seeing rareware and being like oh that is nintendo seal of seal of quality before i even realized what game developers were i was like oh they put rareware on all the best games on this system that's really cool and then later it hit me that i'm like oh they're the ones that make the games. The that game. makes more yeah, sense yeah, yeah of course and of i course. feel like japan studio kind of has a similar thing where you if you see japan studio you kind of get a sense of what you're of what you're getting you're getting something that's probably japanese or weird or quirky but i most of the time is usually something that was pretty good and so Shout outs. Shout out to them. I'm excited to see what everybody does now that they go off and start their own studios or end up at new studios and have new collaborators. And I'm sure those games will make their way to PlayStation. So nothing to worry about there. But ladies and gentlemen, did you know while those games are making their way to PlayStation, you could make your way to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, where of course you could get the show with the exclusive post show. You could be watching live just like Ray is right now or a mega buster is. And of course you could get the show ad free, but guess what? You didn't go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Freshly. Stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking? Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Uh, Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne or their chicken pesto bowl the one and only boss baby barry courtney's been using this barry what do you think of freshly freshly's great at the end of the day Alyssa and i are very tired uh we don't have the patience to cook things and it's nice to just pop things into the microwave let it sit for a couple minutes sure. put a uh, plate it onto a, a plate as the uh chefs recommend is like don't just eat it off of the 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 plastic tray like make it look pretty and stuff on your own plate and it's great to just sit down and relax and eat some uh kind of pre-prepped food we just recently had uh the meatloaf and you know I love a good meatloaf, Greg, and it was really, Oh, I really know good. it. Who doesn't? <laughs> and now our listeners can try that meatloaf. Our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living with Freshly. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash kinda. Stop stressing over dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. Blessing, we've been going and going and going, but we're still not done. Give me some quick hits. What do you got for me? What are the other quicker parts of PlayStation news for the week? 
So we did get that state of play last week. It was a pretty good one. Uh, How big of a fucking week in PlayStation land is it where the state of play is like, ah, it's a quick hit, by the way. Here's a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, here's a quick hit of the state of play that that, uh, laid out what the year is going to look like. And so we got Crash 4 coming to PS5 March 12th. Returnal coming out April 30th. We got a new trailer that uh, detailed a little bit more. Still interested to see what that's going to be all about, but yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think that game is going to be fun. But I'm, I, I think I've, I've hit the point where I'm just, I don't care about the story. I'm, I'm, I sure. don't think that's going to pull me in at all. But no surprise, the gameplay right? looks really fun, yeah. and so hopefully that hits. Uh, Knockout City is coming May 21st. Uh, that's a dodgeball game that looks really fun. Sifu from Slow Clap. That's the Absolver developer. That's coming 2021. Important uh, update. I, I got Sifu for the fantasy critic league that I'm in. Awesome! Congratulations for your own. That's for your own fantasy league, right? Yeah, he's not the games cast. I'm in the Dorno one. I'm not in the games cast one. So. Awesome. Do you expect it to deliver? I think it looks great, but I want I I, I, I want to know more before I try to graft it. I think it, I think it's going to be a solid like eighty to eighty five. I think it's going to get me ten to fifteen points. I'm already down okay. nine points. I'm in the negatives because oh, wow. I counterpicked oh, no. default too because Imran ah, yeah, Khan was like, "Oh, the fans who demoed it didn't like it," and then of course, oh, let me get my wife's really body well. pillow. It's me, Imran, <laughs> and so that kind of fucked <laughs> me over. Um, I didn't know Imran was I, I, a I think it's Sly gonna, Cooper fan. I, I think it's going <laughs> to do. I think it's going to do good numbers. Okay. I'm I don't, for I don't that. know if I it's going to be like to the say. next fucking like I don't think it's going to be like uh, everybody's fucking playing and talking about it but I think it I think it'll get some love from a, a, a small focused group of people oh yeah I think that's for sh- I think that's 100% going to happen I have stuff to say about that later in what you've been playing because I actually did pick up Absolver yesterday for a little bit just to kind of refresh Ooh. myself on that game um, but I'll talk that I'll talk about that later we also got another trailer for Solar Ash that still just has a 2021 date uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach that's coming 2021 Odd Road Soulstorm it's coming April 6th and that is going to be a PS5 uh, PS Plus game when it comes out, which is very exciting. Kena Bridge of Spirits is coming August 24th, which is really cool. And we got another trailer for that. And that game continues to look incredible, almost too incredible to be true. Um, but I hope it I hope it hits and it's that incredible because it looks really good. I want that game to be awesome because I, I, it looks fun. Uh, Deathloop is coming May 21st. And we got a new trailer for that. And then Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade PS5 version is coming June 10th. Greg, I remember like about a year ago for State of Play, we were kind of talking about what state of play is for playstation do we continue to see state of plays was that a 2019 thing where are you at with state of play as a whole right now um i i wish there was a message to it i don't know i i i mean i like them i'm glad we get them i enjoy getting these games to, uh, the opportunity to shine i think as i said playstation did a good job of promoting this for what it was where they were like, it's not going to be hardware. It's going to be 10 games. It's mostly going to be updates. Like it, I, People were coming in going like, hope we get a new Ragnarok trailer. I was like, are you fucking crazy? Like, no, that's not what this is. And there's no way to stop that. I think if you keep messaging it that way appropriately and doing it, great. I think it'd be helpful if they were like, and I know this is locking them into something that isn't real. So it'd be like, hey, we're doing these quarterly. We're doing this kind of thing. Like we want you every quarter to have something cool to look forward to. Like it, I wish there was a, a mission statement, a one sentence summary for state of play. And, and it could be, we want to show you cool games, which I get, and that's cool, but it's like, then should there be more state of plays that are smaller as well? Because sometimes, you know, we talk about this all the time, right, where it's just they'll do, hey, we're announcing five new indies on the PlayStation blog today, and it's like, oh, well, I'd rather see that be a state of play that was just put out and packaged that way, but then do you put out too many state of plays, and then do you water it down? But if, like, eventually you're going to do a God of War state of play, and that's going to be fine, but the God of War Ragnarok video from PlayStation will do fine no matter what it's called. Yeah, and that, that's my thing, is I think there needs to be a little bit more clarity on it, because they dropped... When Destruction All-Stars is coming out, they did a Destruction All-Stars state of play, and they also did a Demon Souls state of play, and both of those were kind of just dropped, 
If anything, the Destruction All-Star State of Play probably got a little bit more push from PlayStation than the Demon's Souls State of Play. That Demon's Souls State of Play dropped on a random Saturday. And watching yeah. it, it very much sounded like whoever was at home on their computer mic talking through it. And I, I get it. like <laughs> that. It, it, we're, at a, we're at a pandemic and all this stuff. But I think if you want this thing to have a seal quality, the there should be a little bit uh, of consistency in terms of how you're marketing it and how you're hyping it up. I think they did a really good job of setting expectation and saying like, Hey, it's going to be this long. We're going to do deep dives. It's going to be a lot of third party stuff, you know? And I think that set the ex- expectation, right? Because we all came out of it. Um, all of us who watched it for, for kind of funny came out of it being like, that was pretty good. And like, that was about it. Right. right? We weren't blown away, but we weren't, we weren't by any means upset because they delivered on what they promised. Um, I would like to see, if they could brand the game specific state of plays a certain way and be like, this is a state of play. I don't know what you call it. State of play focused or, or something like that. Sure. I don't know. You find some special term for it. State so we of know. play mini. State of play mini. Honestly, like if they found a way to kind of, to kind of separate that. So we know what we're getting. And so we know what the appropriate amount of excitement is to have. I think that'd go a long way, but either way, I'm glad that they're doing it. I think this is a fun way to announce these things. And I'm with you that I, when they do the drops on PlayStation blog of five indie games that they want to look at, I don't know why that's not a state of play, but it it is what it is. Like this at least had a main event, which I think made it exciting. The main event being Final Fantasy VII Integrated, yeah. which they, I think they, is they had what something. They is there one more thing, right? That, you know, all right, cool. Let's give you something big to be excited about. Uh, we also got more PlayStation games going to PC. I'm going to pull from Megan Farouk-Manesh at The Verge. Uh, they write, Sony is planning to bring more of its PlayStation games to PC. First up will be Days Gone this spring. Uh, Sony president Jim Ryan told this to GQ. Quote, we find ourselves in early 2021 with our development studios and the games that they make in better shape than they've ever been before. Particularly from the latter half of the PS4 cycle, our studios made some wonderful, great games. There's an opportunity, opportunity to expose those great games to a wider audience and recognize the economics of game development, which are not always straightforward. The cost of making games goes up with each cycle as the caliber of IP has improved. End quote. Cool. I think this. I think this is awesome, right? Like it's a win-win totally. situation for everybody, right? Where more people get to play awesome games, and then on the PlayStation side, right, they get to market their games for free. They get more money. money. Exactly. Yeah. They, more people get to play these games. I feel like you send a game there when, with all due respect, because it sounds bad, you squeeze all the juice you can get out of it on the PlayStation platform. And so, yeah, for them to be like, "Days gone." Is has come and gone. I think it was already a PlayStation Plus game, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Somebody, somebody. It was on. It was in the PlayStation Plus collection. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Then it's like you've had a shot to get Days Gone. You still do, obviously, because the collection is ongoing. So why not send it over to PC, get people into it, try to get more money off of it that way? As we've said, you know, putting Horizon on there makes sense because you um, you've hopefully fall in love with it, and then you go, shit, I need Horizon too. I'll get a PlayStation Five based on all the other cool shit I can get with it too. Uh, then we also got some new PlayStation Now editions. We got four new games that are coming. Uh, on Tuesday, March 2nd, World War Z, Infamous Second Son, Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, and Superhot. Go get them PlayStation now. Uh, and then lastly, <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to say on those ones because I'm like, hey, I think right. that's a good line. I, I, World War Z is one I, wanna, I wish I played more of. I really liked the preview, and I did some demo stuff after the fact, too. And I, I think that'd be a fun game for us to play at some time. I might try to get Mike dude, to play it on the stream. I hit up my friends all the time, and I'm like, oh, dude, let's play some World War Z because we're always looking for co-op games to play. And every time, nobody seems like they're interested. And I'm like, dude, what do you guys know about World War Z that I don't know? Did that game like not, was? Did that game flop? Like, what's, what's I enjoyed what I played of it. I just you know, I mean, it's it looks it's, fun, right? Yeah, let's play it. I'll download it let's right play, now. I'm, I'm down to play. Ca- it. Dude, I can let's hit up well, Thursday, Thursday stream. I think me and Mike Mike are still trying to figure out something for me. Do you want to come through on Thursday? Yeah, sure. Some, well, I mean, I have to look at my calendar, but probably sure, probably. Dope. All right, 
Let's figure we this out. Yeah, I mean, we play at, at night too, you know. Yeah, but I'm usually playing chess. Yeah, not everything. Stop playing chess. Stop not playing Clue. Not everything needs to be content blessing. Just play with your fucking friends. Yeah, like Greg make Miller, us your friends. Co-host of PSI Love You XOXO. Barry, you downloading this too? I don't play. I don't no. play video games anymore. I play board games. <laughs> Dude, Barry, come play some World War Z. No. Oh uh, come on, man! You're missing uh, out. Not my kind of game. Oh, you don't like taking out the fast-running zombies that are climbing all over each other? Didn't you watch that movie with Brad Pitt or whoever? I really enjoyed watching the kind of funny Let's Play of it uh, from a couple of years ago. That was a really fun Andy edit I remember watching, but it didn't sell me on wanting to play that game. Mm. I got to check if I have it. I got to go back. I guess I could get it through PlayStation Now, but who wants to do that? I'm about to be really busy in my free time uh, going back to Persona 4 Golden. But I don't even have PlayStation Now. It's true. Just fucking keep reading the games. We'll figure out how to get you copy. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, uh, we got uh, a delay for uh, Gran Turismo 7. That's been delayed to 2022 for COVID-related reasons. Understandable. There you go. Yeah, you get it. We don't necessarily need that game in 2021. Um, well, maybe Gran Turismo fans do, but... Ah, you got enough racing it. games. You know? Codemasters. You want to play Gran Turismo? Yeah, go play a Dirt. Uh, I do have some PlayStation picks for you, Greg. This is where I'm having a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. We got a couple of big hitters being Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's coming to PS5 on Tuesday, March 2nd. And then Mortal Shell is coming to PS5 Thursday, March 4th. Uh, and then I have a couple of picks. Let's start with Kill It With Fire. That's coming to PS4 on Thursday, March 4th. Uh, I have the trailer here, Barrett, if you want to pull it up. The, uh, the description goes like this. The spider, mankind's most ancient and deadly nemesis. As a licensed <laughs> kill it with fire exterminator, it's time to fight back. Assemble your arsenal of increasingly excessive weapons, track spiders across suburbia, and burn everything in your path. This is one that I almost left out, except somebody tweeted at me and was like, hey, you got to check out burn it with or kill it with I, fire. I think one of Andy's friends made this. Because I want to say like he was like playing like early versions of this i remember oh that sounds like in the like when we were still in the office like he was being (laughs) is this is this vr or is this first just first person i think this is just first person person. person. it's on on steam also for people who are not watching the video version somebody just killed a spider with a gun oh this is awesome so you're basically you're basically really good using excessive means to kill spiders that looks really fun apparently it's like really scary They like also it, do like have an arachnophobia really mode, like hearing the spider like crawl around and stuff like that. They but have also, a, they have a mode where they blur out the spiders uh, if you have arachnophobia. Mm, mm. Andy is also really? just like a really big scary <laughs> cat, though. So you know that's true too. And then we're also getting Maquette. Uh, we talked about this for PlayStation Plus. It's coming to PS5 and PS4 on Tuesday, March 2nd. Uh, Maquette is a first-person recursive puzzle game that takes you into a world where every building, plant, and object are simultaneously tiny and staggeringly huge. I feel like we can transition right from this into what you've been playing, right? Because I, yeah. uh, as I said at the top of the show, uh, played through Maquette. You're seeing it right now. Uh, I beat Maquette. I, I did it in two sittings. I, I know Tom Marks's review was like, you could do it in one. I think trophies uh, didn't lead me astray. But like when I, at one point, like at midnight, hit the button, I was like, how much more do I have go? I'm like, oh, I got a few more for chapters. The later chapters go like super quick. Uh, what I said, right, is that on Twitter, and I, I want to start there as we talk about it, right, is that Maquette, attempts to make the ordinary extraordinary and i think it does that a lot of times and other times it can stumble at it but overall i really enjoyed my time with it i it's a it's a recommendation from from me which is super rare if you follow me for puzzle games because you know bless when we got you on board and you were like oh super liminal i'm all about it and stuff like that you've had a couple other ones like that those are usually even for kevin the gopro right 
those are usually games that turn me off. Like the witness I played because every, I knew it was great. And I knew it wasn't for me, but I wanted to do a bit. I did it till I got to like, you know, the, the third puzzle that felt like I was just hitting my head against a wall and I was frustrated with it. What maquette does is give you this world. If you're watching right now, and if you haven't, you've probably seen it in a direct, right? Where uh, you're inside it's not, but it's like a model town that is representative of the town around you. And then there's a smaller model town inside. It's basically layers on layers on layers where if you just saw here, right, you can pick up the small block and drop it in a certain area inside the smaller uh, world. And then if you turn around to the bigger world, you'll see a bigger version of the block there that you can then use to interact with stuff and move things around and get to the next thing. What it's doing is two different things. So it's got the puzzle game mechanic, which I'll get back to in a second, but then it's also got this narrative of a relationship uh, through it where you're playing from the guy's perspective and that's what you're getting the narrative from. As I said earlier in the show, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, you know, the woman from uh, Jurassic World and a number of other things, but uh, that also uh, that great episode of um, Black Mirror. Uh, she's the female voice character in it. Uh, then uh, the dude uh, is who you're going through. It's kind of like you're going through his sketchbook slash their sketchbook. So as you go, we saw on a screen earlier, some text pops up. And so what you'll get is, is you're moving around uh, in a new area. Text is popping up and then basically you're cordoned off from going going into a different room and you have to figure out the puzzle for the area you're in. Here's some text on the screen right now. And what it did for me was something I really appreciate and love from the gameplay of keeping me locked in of, I knew at all points. I, all right, cool. I, you know, there's, the main area that you're seeing right here is we zoom out and then there's usually four sections that splinter off. I can only go into one section in the main area. So the, the answer to my problem is here. I know that I have the tool or the item or the whatever somewhere in this world right now that I can use to advance the story, advance to the next puzzle, advance on my way, rather than be like, shit, do I have to backtrack and find in this world, in that room, blah, 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 blah. There was no way to lock yourself out of it, which for me, and I would describe myself as what a puzzle noob, a novice, not, it doesn't draw me in. I found that empowering because then I wasn't lost. I didn't feel like, I, I, I knew at any point, I just got to think about this from a different perspective. I just got to think about this from a different perspective. And there were definitely times where I was sitting there going like, what the fuck does it want me to do? I have this mini staircase. What the shit do I do with it, right? And then I would get those ah moments of got it, shrunk it, did this. And then it's about you know approaching it from one of the different um, layers of size, I guess, to it. Mm -hmm. Really liked all that. The game is beautiful. And the negatives of it, I'm playing it on PlayStation 5. It's the PlayStation 5 version. The game gets framey. I had to go in and drop my detail level on the PlayStation 5 from high to medium to make it run a bit smoother. I was getting it choppy as I was playing, which I thought was weird, and I haven't run into that on other PlayStation 5 things. Um, I had a, a couple... Uh, yeah, there was what one part where uh, a, a key item like fell through the world, like, and I knew that wasn't right, so I had to reload a save. There was an auto save function, but for some of the longer puzzles, you might want to make uh, manual saves as you go. Uh, and then the story is where it gets interesting. And I don't want to spoil it, obviously, because that's what's going on. But like I already said, it's the story of a relationship as you go through it. And this is more than anything, I think, where it's the trying to make the ordinary extraordinary, because it is this normal relationship and the normal life of this relationship which i liked i liked getting the glimpse in again i think for me uh, uh bryce dallas howard's vo and performance is so strong i think she actually outshines the male counterpoint to it uh deeper in the game they give him a bit more to work with and i think he comes through a bit more but early on i wasn't feeling him 
but I enjoyed hearing them, you know, because it's starting as their first meeting, them falling in love, stuff like that, and obviously milestones as they go on through their relationship. I enjoyed all of that, but there was never like the crazy edge of my seat, what's about to happen next kind of thing. It was very much mm-hmm. like, okay, oh yeah, you're, you're in a relationship. All right, I, I get it. It's so like when you start getting into the later stuff where you're into more, a complicated puzzle and then you're just rewarded with like, and then she brought home beer. It's like, all right, well, I, that's, I get it. It was, and it's, it's weird push and pull of like, I liked getting that chapter, but I didn't feel like it was paying off into something bigger. And at the end of it still, it is very much like, all right, this is a normal relationship. Like, We've all been there, kind of thing. But like, good for you. Like, you know, I don't. It was fun, enjoyable, and I recommend it in terms of if you're looking for a narrative or a fun puzzle game, and especially for a PlayStation Plus game. I think that's why I was trying to find out the price point on it. Where it's like, I think early, way earlier in the chat, somebody said Eurogamer had it at nineteen ninety nine, which I don't know if I would pay for. Uh, if I would, if I would give it a seal of approval for that. But in terms of a PlayStation Plus game, in terms of how beautiful it is, in terms of it being a conquerable puzzle game, and I know Tom Marks kind of uh, in his IGN review didn't knock it for that, but he was, it's more, the moments aren't, for him, weren't so much aha moments as much as they were like, okay. You know what I mean? Like you figured okay. out, like he, yeah. he didn't feel like it was pushing it forward. He didn't feel like this was doing something different or uh, changing it in a different way. And for me, as somebody who doesn't play a lot of these games, uh, I definitely, I also didn't feel like this was, you know, testing me or sh- making me struggle it definitely challenged me at times uh and I, I had those moments of like oh okay i see what you wanted me to do there's a few with like actual perspective of being able to see something from behind that you have to get creative with and it's that thing of oh i should have thought that but i haven't had to use that mechanic yet so here the first time i used it i it clicked for me but it's the super rare puzzle game that not only i played all the way through but you know when i woke up the next day it's the first thing i wanted to get back to and i played you know i had the backbone and i was playing while jen was watching a show the entire time like i recommend it for what it is for a playstation plus game yeah i'm curious to check it out now because i think for me this this looks like my exact type of puzzle game you know when i think back to the puzzle games that i've loved last year i talked all about manifold garden and Superliminal, and then years yeah. prior right like games like the the witness is very much high up there in terms of some of my favorite games yeah um, also portal and all that stuff and hearing you talk about the the story of it has me super interested because i think a lot of the time a lot of first person perspective-based indie puzzle games fall into the trap narratively of trying to speak on either philosophy or bigger than life ideas and you talking about how this is just a yeah no it's a story of like a relationship and all this different stuff very much appeals to me because i i can't keep playing the the puzzle games that are trying to tell me something about something about life and the greatness of of, of sure being and see that's the thing about it where again it's so tough because i don't want to spoil stuff for you but at times i feel like it might go a little too far with that uh-huh. Where it is looking for a bigger meaning in like oh, this, thing. and it's like, all right, well, it's like okay, like I, it's, you were, you know, puzzle yeah, games she, love doing that, and she I brought don't know you why. beer, like you know what I mean. But it's yeah. also like it's such, it's clearly such a personal story of this guy's relationship that it's like I can't fault you for it. I understand what you're doing here, and I, I, I appreciate you telling it to me, and I appreciate the journey I went on. I'm not sure if it's autobiographical or if it's just a, a fictional narrative, but like. Yeah, it's. I don't want to say more, and I don't want to get into it. It is set in San Francisco, though, so you got that going. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you and and hearing you say that, it, it, they're less so aha moments, more so like okay, yeah, like I'm going through emotions a little bit. Like that has me a little bit concerned for how I like my puzzle games because I do love solving a puzzle, being like, fuck yeah, like I'm, I did it, like I did that shit. I'm a genius. I like that feeling. It sounds like I'm not going to get as much of this, as much of that out of this. But either way, I'm still excited to try it out nanobiologist in the chat says greg minor point it's from kenzie the girl's perspective and the male lead is bryce dallas howard's husband in real life 
Nano, follow up with me, because how is that possible since it's the guy narrating it to me and me reading his sketchbook and it's all from his perspective? Because at the anyway, we have to talk about the ending and stuff like that, but that'd be news to me and I don't understand how that would work because I'm talking about the perspective is the male protagonist talking to you and it being his sketchbook and him mm. talking you very, choose it all very, very privately. Like a, this is it. No, okay. no it's very much that was it. That was it. What else have you been playing, plus? Uh, what have I been playing? Uh, oh, I jumped into the Outriders demo. That was oh, me too. Time. Yeah, I played a little bit of that a little bit of that with you. I didn't play as much of it as I thought I was going to because I've been excited for Outriders since I got to demo demo it with Andy. Yeah. Uh, and for the little of the demo I played uh, this time around, I I think I'm at the place where I'm not going to care about the story in that game, which sucks though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no, that's, for like, sure. that's like it's not a backbreaker to me, but it is like. Oh, because like, yeah, you know, we were playing it on stream, which of course is always fun, but I was starting it for the first time. So I was like, I don't want to make everybody sit through this. So I skipped everything. Right. And when you get to the end of it or whatever, it was like, oh, oh, I skipped through everything. And so like, you know, then I I was enjoying the gameplay of it. And then I started trying to play a little bit before the show to get my wheels back into it. And it was like, what's happening? I'm going to restart this whole fucking thing, aren't I? Like, (laughs) Especially if my progress carries over. I don't want to start the real game and be lost. But there was there was no point for me where I was super invested in what was happening was the thing right even watching the cutscenes I was like, all right yeah this very much seems like a like an like an RPG ass story in space and like the characters aren't necessarily sticking out to me as anything that's too anything too compelling and I was hoping I kind of anticipated that to be the case a little bit from our demo that we did back in August but that was one of those ones where I'm like okay well in this demo we're jumping in probably like halfway through the game maybe if I have context for this. Uh, I'm going to care a little bit more and actually jumping into the demo and getting those opening cutscenes is kind of like, I, it's hard for me to really want to get invested. That said, the I, problem is if I don't, if I feel like that's going to be a huge problem for me is like, mm-hmm. I like the gameplay a lot and I like playing with you guys, but if it is just that I'm running the mission and coming back and doing whatever, and then we're running, like I want is to that, be in the world. Is I that like, not the what, world is so Greg Miller too, of just like, Oh, there's time travel kind of you know what i mean like there's time jumps and stuff there's so, like, shit going on here yeah like i yeah. like the idea and this is all in the intro obviously but i like the idea so much of like, is that not what oh, division was up. for you though no i love the division like i like taking on fey Lau, like the I liked... story yeah okay yeah like i liked coming back to the white house and finding out what was next and then obviously in the dlc stuff which is the more fresh stuff mm-hmm. of keener and what's going on gotcha I, I hadn't heard many people talk about the division story which is all i was curious but i guess that 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 does make sense and for me outriders i hope there's something a little bit more there in terms of that or maybe maybe in expansions or whatever they can kind of help flesh that out because so far from what i'm getting i'm like i don't really care about anything going on in this world but that said i do i do like the gameplay a lot like it is that gears of war destiny-ish kind of thing and the i think the big takeaway for me in terms of the gameplay it's the same thing that i took away from my demo before is that the way in which the special abilities all come together in the moment is really fun and really cool especially because the different classes have dynamically different abilities. I during during the August demo, or maybe it was July. During the summer demo, me and Andy did. We played as the Technomancer, which is the one that throws out the turret, and you can use that to mana space and do all that stuff. Uh, this time around, I jumped into the Trickster class, and the Trickster class dope as fuck. <laughs> like the, the they have like this fun ability where they can basically blast out this bubble right create this bubble in the world and enemies enemies that come through it or bullets that get shot through that bubble all go in slow motion and so that kind of traps them so you can take them out that way and that lasts for probably like 10 to 15 seconds uh you have that ability you have another ability that is basically this 
melee swipe move that turns enemies into skeletons and has a really cool visual effect to it and i also had this other move that basically made it so that i would teleport i would like i think i would load myself into my gun and shoot myself out at yeah, wherever so i was aiming at having a good time with that one y'all yeah see and this, i was having a fantastic time with that y'all see this clip going around on twitter uh either yesterday sometime over the weekend with the outriders demo um I'm pulling it up here. Oh yeah, this like, cutscene. It literally oh, just, yeah. it's it's a cutscene of your character jumping over this gap. Hey like, man, is, is there making a lot video of this? games are hard? I well, I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't even get to that in the actual okay. game. Okay, but yeah, yeah you figure is, they've got to cover a, a load, and that, that, that's the best they could do to cover that load to get you into the new yeah. environment. There are weird, there are weird technical things in the game that stick out, and so something stuff like that, and then also, um, there is weird audio bugs in the game where sound effects would would be delayed you know after they would happen in the actual cutscene stuff like that popped up for me and then um i forget what else it was like one other technical thing that stuck out to me that i was like oh okay they could they could use some polish here i mean the um, hair and faces don't look great the hair and faces don't look great yeah. and then also the camera wobble in cutscenes is really weird it's a very consistent thing that had me a little bit like I get I get motion sticks very easily sometimes. I think it just, just depends on how much I ate during the day or what condition I come into playing games in. And as soon as I saw the wobble during the cutscenes, I was like, whoa, this is immediately making me feel some sort of way. Um, and so and it, and it didn't look great in general, right? It'd be one thing it was a stylistic choice that actually looked great, but the wobble in the cutscenes, I think, is just a weird decision uh, for that it's game. Bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, like, I enjoyed playing the game. I look forward to checking it out at launch. It's one of those ones now that I'm curious on how long I'll stick with it because the story doesn't seem to be that interesting, and so maybe I will get in eight hours and, and tire out on it. But I'm excited to, at the very least, check it out and see where that progression goes because the syner- the synergetic stuff when it comes to using your abilities with other teammates and me putting out that bubble and then somebody else throwing out a turret and that creating this cool um, uh, combo effect of me and my my uh, uh, co-op partners communicating and doing all this shit at the same time is really fun. I think that is the most fun thing uh, out of this game. And it seems like there's like a lot of places you can go in terms of upgrading and gear and all that stuff that seem like it has a lot of potential and a lot of fun in it. But we'll, I think we'll have to wait and see a little bit for that. Yeah, I'm excited to get the final thing. That's the biggest thing is like I don't want I don't want to re-roll a new thing right now because I'm I don't want to uh, be totally what, who was I what's going on when I get the actual game and then also though I'm worried about starting the actual game and everybody's like five, starts at level seven or whatever it is five level five and it is off and I'm fucking way behind everybody I don't know what to do bless I'm kind of there with you because I, I I was originally not sure if I wanted to do trickster now that I've use the actual move set i'm like okay i might stick trickster but i kind of want to see what the other classes are, are about but either way like it doesn't that, it doesn't seem like it takes much to get up to level seven right that's like a no day no we did it super fast yeah so i think it's you know same way of just whatever we'll see what's up we'll f- figure it out as we go uh, uh i saw both of us put curse of the dead gods on our playlist you've been playing that? yeah i didn't i didn't play i didn't play that much of it i only played a, a few hours of it but it's really cool you know you, yeah. I, I think you guys talked about it on gamescast uh i jumped into it after hearing you guys talk about it and yeah it's basically what you guys talked about right it's a it's a roguelite similar to hades uh has that same kind of dungeon crawling thing going on to it i i think i think so far from what i played it seems like a very excellent game with a lot of cool ideas to it but i can't help 
but to like think of it in that Hades perspective yeah. and be like, oh, but this doesn't feel as great as Hades, or oh man, there's not a story like uh, like Hades has a story. You know, That's a big problem with it for me too, where it's it's great and it's mechanically great, and there's lo- there's uh, they, uh, you know we talked about in the games cast, so I won't go into it, but there's things that are different from Hades from it. Yeah, but it is that idea that I played a bunch, you know, leading into games cast, and then I think I played a bit after before I got onto Maquette Outrider, something else, and. I saw it on the, you know, I beat uh, Maquette and then I beat uh, Olia, the indie I was talking about last week, the one that looks mm-hmm. like, you know, Panda Musk meets Atari or whatever. And it was a thing of like, oh, should I go back to this? And I was kind of like, I don't really feel the draw to it. Like, I don't, like, since there isn't a story so much, it is just go and fight the next, you know, beat the world, beat the boss, get to the next world. I was kind of like, no, I'm not going to and moved on to something else. It's really, I mean, if you love roguelikes, like, I think you'd like this one. You're going to love this one. It's oh, great, yeah. You know, because there, yeah. there are some cool ideas. The thing that, that, uh caught me by surprise was basically you can choose what path you want to go down in the game when you're starting up a run and they have this unique unique path you can do that i think rotates in quality and properties and qualities and all that stuff and so when i saw it it was a hey i forget what it's called but basically if you jumped into it it would turn the world black and white and turn off ui uh and it, it was like this cool like weird way to play through a run and i thought that was really cool that seemed like a very novel idea that was similar to a little bit of what dead cells uh does with their unique run throughs and in, in, in that that game has um i really like that but i'm kind of with you where I'm, i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna go back to it i'm yeah. in a weird place where i'm finding it difficult all you, do, right all you want to play is chess it's weird all <laughs> i want to do is play all i want to do is play chess and clue now i'm in that weird place right now is where it's hard for me to kind of commit a new big game i guess i've been playing mario 3d world and stuff too also and so maybe that's why but i've not I, i've not had a game pull my focus in uh like as as, as much as sekiro did for example when i was playing sekiro mm. um and speaking of that i've been thinking about getting back to sekiro oh because God, for that what's... reason <laughs> yesterday i was sitting around and i was like you know what i want to do be miserable i want to boot up sekiro <laughs> because i've been thinking about that game a lot and how much i love playing it and how much i love the combat That's and fair. i'm not the type of person to want to re uh replay things the second after beating them i'm not that kind of person mm-hmm. and usually if that that ends up being the case i'm like maybe i'll try out the platinum but from what i've heard and seen the platinum for sekiro is a bitch it, it will take multiple multiple playthroughs probably to actually get there and a lot of grinding which is not my jam um but i kind of just want to experience it just for the sake of re-experiencing it and so i might do that i played a little bit of it yesterday to do a boss rush mode and i think i'm, I'm getting back into the flow of it and oh so my god you're addicted yeah you i think i'm addicted away. to sekiro right. and then one thing that i alluded to also last thing for, for me uh is absolver uh oh, yeah. i picked absolver back up <clears throat> Because after Sifu's announcement, I was like, oh, I kind of want to I kind of want to refresh myself on what it was about Absolver that one I liked and I dug. And then also the stuff that I was like, OK, this isn't necessarily my jam and which is why I fell off of it. And picking it back up, I immediately had the reminders of one, this art style, really cool. You know, two, the combat animations in this game. Awesome. <clears throat> Three. Oh, I'm losing my voice now. Three, uh, the uh, unique ideas in this game that they have in terms of it being the Souls-ish kind of game mixed with PvP multiplayer and fighting game stuff. Really inventive. Um, getting to getting, getting to kind of re-experience, re-experience that was really cool. But then also it was that reminder of, oh, yeah, this game is trying to do way too much. There is so much going on in Absolver. And I think that's kind of the thing that kind of made me go, oh, yeah, no, not for me. Um, which has me even more excited for Sifu because it seems like they're focusing up a bit um, in that game. And I'm excited to see them take the parts of Absolver that did work and condense them down uh, because I think 
that those those are the vibes I get from Sifu in terms of the cool combat animation, cool combat style, all this stuff, but not bogged down by all these different ideas that they're putting into the pot. Um, and so, there you go. Uh, yeah, round it out for me. I did a Stonefly uh, hands-off demo. This is the one from Flight School. It's the one that uh, Belinda, uh, kind of funny best friend, Belinda Garcia, uh, wrote on. Uh, it, you're basically in a little mini mech and fighting off bugs in this like wilderness planet. And there's a bunch of different upgrade stuff. Like I said, it was hands-off, so it's not much different than probably what everybody else has seen or reported on, so I won't uh, binge you too much. Love the art style. Love the world. The gameplay looks fun. It looks relaxing. That was something they kept coming back to, right? Like It's not about killing the bugs. You're like kind of brushing them off when you need to do stuff but they'll come back and like move you around uh it's something i'm super interested for for the you know uh, summer when it comes out and then like i said earlier oh here you go yeah i see some of the stuff here like what a stunning art style you know what i mean and flight school games always look so good uh obviously friends of the show and so yeah to go through it and see it and just have a a chill game where you're gonna go through and do all this different stuff with the bugs and your little mech i'm cool I, it's got a story to it obviously i want to see what belinda did on it like i'm, I'm all in looks great and then uh, the other one is the one that I can't tell you about, uh, Redacted. Uh, I did play a game for a while, and the first impressions are probably up now on youtube.com slash games. if you're watching this later or listening to it later. So go there, please check it out, and look. You, you'll know it's the one because it'll have a special guest on the show that isn't on our shows. Blink twice if it's God of War Ragnarok. Oh, he's not blinking. Oh, I wow. I've never seen Greg's eyes that wide You've never done it. <laughs> Blessing, we've been kicking the can for a while, pushing it down the line, but we're back. It's hashtag PS I love photo mode. A couple weeks ago now, you said, let's celebrate Concrete Genie being our video game club. We're getting a better name. Don't worry. Go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and tell us right now by you challenging everyone to go uh, to play Concrete Genie, take photos with photo mode, and then post them to Twitter with hashtag PS I love photo mode for this segment. What do you got for me? Yeah, uh, Barry, go ahead and bring up runner up number one. Uh, number one comes from Jacob Fox on Twitter at jfox134. Uh, and it's this awesome image of them standing in front of this uh, nice. uh, this grounded billboard, right? It's for, it's for the I forget the name of the town, Denska, is it something like that? Yeah, something um, like yeah, some some like that. And it's basically a a, a beautiful uh, image, a lot of different colors, a lot of greens, blues, and basically the, on this on the sign itself are I assume those are painted mushrooms, and it's surrounded by other uh, paintings that, that he has on the wall. Uh, really cool looking photo. Very beautiful. I love the colors. Shout out Jacob Fox. He killed it with this one. Uh, runner up number two is from Liam Quinn on Twitter at Gangsta Quinny. Um, they, they shared their first masterpiece, and it's a nice wall painting. I like what, mm-hmm. I like what they did with it. They got the tree on the, the leafless tree on the left. They got the um, their uh, genie in the middle, just looking all devious. And on the right, they got another thing. Uh, and on the top middle, they have uh, a, a painting of the sun. Looks very beautiful. I very appreciate it. It has all the things I like about the the concrete genie masterpieces, which which is the fact that they're kind of all over the place, but it still somehow managed to look beautiful each and every time. And so, shout out to that, um, Barrett. You can go ahead and bring up the winner. The winner comes from Neens. At Nina hey, McKee. Look at that. Look at this. They did the kind of funny smiley. You gotta love it. Uh, basically, they're standing in front of a wall for those who are, that are listening audio, right? They did the kind of funny smiley, and like the the circle is done with the fun. <clears throat> like I don't even know how to describe it. I like. I guess it's it's kind of um, lightning ish. It's, it's like a lightning ish brush, and then the eyes and the 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 mouth are different textures. It's it's awesome. It looks amazing. And then in the background toward the right, they got like the cool neon sky color. Yeah, uh, thing going one. on I use that very one beautiful 
Shout out to Neens. Very good job on that one. And also, it looks like Pixel Opus responded, actually, to that one specifically. And they were like, this is one of our favorite canvas spots. And so, there you go. It's awesome. Pixel Opus, the homies, another friend of the show. They've been great to us, obviously, yeah. with everything that was Concrete Genie. Great and then there, there's there's one more that I'm not going to pull up on the show. We can't pull um, it up. We can't we've pull made, it up. We've made references to this throughout yeah. the week. There's there's one that I really like that I wanted to include as a runner up or something, but <clears throat> I asked permission and I don't think we could we can get I, away I, with I this vetoed it on he, our platform. Blessing asked me before recording last week's episode, and I was like, I got to veto this. Bless, I, I don't feel comfortable yeah. as the director of this show pulling this up in a video. So we're not going to pull it up. But if you want to check it out, you can go ahead and go to kindoffunny.com slash questionable to figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> kindoffunny.com slash questionable. Kindoffunny.com slash questionable. It is a good one. I like it. I, I love it. I where your head's at, where your heart's at. So, yeah, don't worry about it. But, yeah, kindoffunny.com slash questionable. Go check it out for yourself. Uh, since you picked Concrete Genie for this week, I get to pick next week's. Uh, I'm saying just indies. What indies are you playing? Mm. Give me some good photo modes from indies. They can just be screenshots. They don't have to be, you know, crazy photo modes if the game doesn't have it. Just get out there. Give me a little indie. Have a little fun. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a little fun with this episode of PS. I love you. XOXO. Remember, the show isn't quite over. You can go to patreon.com slash games to get the post show we're going to do right now. But if you went there, I guess this is an and. And if you went there, you could get it uh, where you could submit your own questions. You could be a Patreon producer. You could get it ad-free. You could have a great time and support us and Kind of Funny as we continue making content. But there's other ways to support for free. You, of course, can watch on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games where that first impressions with a special guest is going up now for a game I think most of you care about. Uh, and, of course, listening on podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get the show, thank you. Consider like, subscribe, share, notification, bell, all that jazz. It helps us out quite a bit. And no, no until next time. And that was and no, but I went, I know, because we've been talking know. for two hours. Shout out to I don't know. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. The, the strategy games from Ubisoft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Counterfunny.com slash questionable. Questionable, everybody.